Do it. Hello. General Kenobi. Ororo, Charles. Senator Amidala will be permitted to speak. Tekla Mina, Tekla Mina, Tekla Mina, Tekla Mina. You in the moonlight with your sleepy eyes. Could you ever love a man like me? Absolutely. And you were right when I walked into. Tekla me now, indeed. Yes. I, they're all dropping. <laughs> they're all gone. I literally have Avar Chris. When's that next book coming out? Next Tuesday. Oh, boy. Oh, it could be a dark week. You're fucking me up, Will. Damn. But yeah, this is Dave Grohl and Will Ferrell. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while, but I remember watching I think it. I found it a long time ago, and I sent it made the rounds on our friend group, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually how I got introduced to that song. It's a great song. It really is. <laughs> it's a really, really good song. I feel um, like it suits Tekla, too. It's quiet and understated, just yeah. like her. I got a lot of things to say about Tekla in this episode. Uh, we might also revisit my initial message to Tekla. I've got that pulled, so... <laughs> We're going to take it full circle here. I feel like we have a lot to say about Tekla, not much to say about the rest of the episode. I think this is the fewest amount of notes I've ever taken on an episode. Really? Yeah. The fewest. Fewest. Um, yeah, man, we can talk about the episode. So how's it going? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Um, let's get this out of the way. This is the Clone Cast. Hey, welcome to the Clone let's Cast. Let's just do it right away. Yeah. Uh, so what we do on this is we review that fucking Clone Wars show. <laughs> yes, we do. We're on season six, episode five. Man, they're really going at it here, aren't they? <laughs> I'm going to bring the music out. I love the song. But we're on season six, episode five, an old friend. An old friend, an indeed. old friend. Um, what we do is we're watching it chronologically, so that's how far we've gotten thus far. But usually, before we get to the episode, we bullshit for twenty to forty minutes, and then we get do your thing, get right on into that you know, episode, we get right on into it. Uh, might be a few detours along the way, tends to happen, but yeah, <laughs> that's what makes the clone cast the clone cast. <laughs> so it makes the engine turn, baby. It makes us go. So yeah, how you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. We're breaking COVID protocols. Yeah, so what's going on? You got exposed to a couple okay, of Okay, so while I had mentioned cases. I was at my stepsister's Saturday night, Christmas evening. Yeah. And my stepsister's son, the one who's like, I, I don't mind if he wants to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I have some friends that like Star Wars, too. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, his girlfriend who was there apparently tested positive yesterday. Okay. And when it... So I when you test positive for it... Are they testing for, like, variants, or is it just, like, you have COVID, you don't have COVID? I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. And so the plan was I took the day off. I have tomorrow and Friday off. Okay. Tomorrow's Thursday. I took the day off, though, because I was like, well, I'm going to get a rapid test, and then that way we can... Yeah. I mean, I feel fine. I feel yeah. normal. You also, you can't find, like, store-bought tests anywhere. Like, no, I tried last out. night. Yeah. 
I've tried to, I tried diligently to find a test, and then I was like, well, there's a walking community one, and I went to the one downtown at the convention center. Yep. I get down there, I park. It is literally probably a three to four hour wait. That's insane. And I got it opened at nine, and I got there probably about ten. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I got a test tomorrow. I feel fine. I got a scheduled test, and the way I've always done is I go through my uh, my healthcare operator, and they have like a setup place in St. Louis Park. I just drive in. They stick the thing up your nose, yeah. and you drive out. You got you know an appointment. You know what's bad when the testing center itself is a super stre- super well, spreader. That's what I was event. saying. I was like, okay, so you want me to stand next to these just lines of people yeah. we're indoors in a yeah. convention center granted it's a large place and that you know but it's, you're just in the in the walkways of the convention center just lined up with all these people someone's got it in there yeah. someone's symptomatic in there and i was just like you know what i'm not gonna sit here for three four hours and i could probably if i don't have it i'll probably have it by the time i leave yeah, no here just breathing on each other and I, you know you can wear a mask all you want masks aren't foolproof here yeah they're not. Um, I even got the nice one. I got the KN95. Yeah. But that being said, they're not foolproof. Um, so I was just like, you know what? I got it scheduled for tomorrow. I got a test. I got the day off tomorrow, too. I'll just get the test tomorrow. If I have it, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I told you, you know, we can do it remote if you wanted to. But, but you, were, you wanted to push forward. Yeah. Like, I've been keeping a fair amount of distance, and I think we... We're pretty safe when it comes to that type of stuff. And you seem like you haven't had any kind of symptoms. I know it's asymptomatic. No, and I always kind of got the, you know. Yeah. Um, But I haven't noticed any uptick in that. Yep. Um, My nose has felt a little runny since you got here, but you're already here. So, yeah. Well, and you get allergies, too. (laughs) I do. I don't know. If I have it, I'm completely asymptomatic at this point. Yeah. And this is something like I feel like when it comes to COVID, I have been slightly lax but i mean i still wear like i I wear a mask almost everywhere uh i need to get my booster i'm planning on getting my booster in like the next couple of days yeah see i got my booster what was it two three weeks ago now yeah so i'm at like full booster protection at this point yeah but still i will go out and like i i haven't really stopped going places as long as i'm like masked and i have i have been vaccinated but, like, this week I had a friend, like, reach out and that was like, hey, we were, me and another buddy were thinking about going someplace. And I, like, took a step back. And it was, like, the first time that I was like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that right yeah. now. Just because, like, the, what is it, Omicron is going yeah. fucking ape shit. And I don't know. I, I hear a lot about Omicron. I don't know what to believe. Like, I hear a lot of that. Like, oh, well, I mean, if you're fully vaxxed, boosted, whatever, like, it's it's much more mild. Yeah. Which I've heard, but is there studies to prove that, or are we just going off of, like, some anecdotal evidence of some fucking guy, and then next thing you know, everybody's saying it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if I have it right now, and this is what it is, (laughs) all right. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Um, But, I mean, it's it's clear as a society, we're done with this. I feel like everybody's just at the fuck it stage. No, we are. Everybody's just like... You know what? Fuck it. If we get it, we get it. And whoever dies, dies. Like everybody is just completely checked out on it. If you wanted a vaccine, if you're in America, at least, if you wanted a vaccine or you wanted a booster shot, you could have had it. Yeah, you could have it. If if you wanted it, you would have got it. Like I got my vaccine back in April. I think that's when you got it, too. We got it around the same time. And if you really wanted it, then you could have got it. 
if you really wanted it in July, you could just fucking show up anywhere at any time. Yeah. They would have just shot you up with it. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, if you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Um, so but that's the in, that's the only issue is like what in I know I'll probably get flack for saying this, but like, yeah, freedom of choice, whatever. But that's the fucking problem with people who are like, I elect not to get the vaccine. It's because if enough people elect not to get the vaccine, that just means it's going to stick around and mutate yeah. fucking longer. Where if everybody were to just like, I don't know, take one for the fucking team yeah. and get vaccinated, this thing would have no place to go and yeah. we could put a fucking lid on it. Exactly. I mean, I, I am. I think I'm a little more. I don't know. We, we, we've discussed it before. I'm a little lax. I'm really like, if you don't want it, you don't got to get it. Right. I think you're kind of the same, but you're also like, eh, you know, would it be so bad if we just. <laughs> well, it's just, I'm just I get so fucking sick and tired of the just individualistic outlook well, this is that such we a, have. Well, it just goes to show like the atomized idea of individualism that we have in this country and freedom that we have in yeah. this country. It's like you're not fucking free. Yeah. You're like, what is your idea of freedom? Yeah. Like you can't. Your idea of freedom is a fucking four year old where it's like, you can't tell me what to do. Like it's I get oh God, I've been like it's really been driving me fucking nuts lately. And I think it's because I've lived my entire life being called a pussy by people on the right wing. But then the second they're told to do something they don't want to do, they act like a fucking four year old. Yeah. And I'm tired of like being like, are you fucking kidding me? You were supposed to be like the tough. Yeah. Individualistic guys. And it's like when your mom tells you as a four-year-old, don't touch the stove, and you go over to, and, like, touch it just to fucking spite her and test boundaries. Yeah. That's what these fucking libertarians are like. I'm yeah. just, I'm... Well, I, we all I'm know the tale of my cousin, the libertarian, <laughs> yes. who is still in the hospital. <laughs> it has been, like, two months. It's fucking ridiculous. And, dude, he's done for, man. Like, I think he'll... I, I'm assuming at this point he'll probably survive, yeah. but, like... He's never going to be the same person. Right. He's fucked, yeah. man. He's fucked. But all, I mean, look all, at- all to just like flex your freedom. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I, don't give me the fucking sheeple shit. That is the dumbest fucking like the lion's not sheep bullshit. It's like, oh, I didn't know listening to like virologists, epidemiologists, people that study this shit this whole life. I didn't know that following their advice makes me a fucking sheep. I would think going completely against the people yeah. who know what the fuck they're talking about would make you a fucking sheep. Yeah. Just because you want to be different. You're the fucking sheep. You know what else is super sad? Like there have been, uh, I don't know if it's an ad campaign or if it was just like, I think Fauci mentioned something about it in like a press conference, but like they are touting our fucked up medical system as a reason to get vaccinated. Like they have been saying, you know what? It's extremely expensive to get COVID and get into the hospital and you're going to have to pay for that. So if you get vaccinated, that's a way that you can save money because you can avoid hospital bills. Yeah. That's how fucked up our healthcare system is. It's ridiculous. And, and, and I just look at like today's experience for me, like going to the fucking convention center. This is not some small little convention center. This place is fucking huge. Oh, yeah. And it was a line to end all lines. Yeah. Like I couldn't be bothered to stand in store for a Lego for the Lego store <laughs> for 10 minutes. But I don't like I, it's great that there's free community testing there. And they do rapid tests there. 
But how close to two years into this, we have not figured out better testing on a mass scale oh, yeah, yeah. is beyond me. And I remember when this first fucking happened. South Korea was doing mass testing within weeks oh, of yeah, it hitting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were still like, oh, well, Target's supposed to have some or CVS is supposed to have some drive through I never even saw half the things they said pop up. Yeah. They just never came to fruition. Well, this is where I figured out that I've been, I've probably watched one too many, like, socialist propaganda videos where my mind has been warped and I'm so cynical to the point where someone at work was talking to me and they were like, you know, it's crazy. Like, this booster, you have to go to, like, Walgreens or someplace to get boosted or your doctor. There's no, like, boosting centers. And she made the point, like, you know, when the vaccine first came out, they had, like, convention centers and, like, places organized, like, mass inoculation sites where you could go and get the vaccine. And she's like, why aren't they doing that with the booster? Why do you have to go to, like, Walgreens to do it? Because she said that when she went and got the booster, the pharmacist had to do it. And the pharmacist was in the middle of, like filling prescriptions yeah. and doing everything else and she was like i don't know it just seems weird like why why are we giving them that extra responsibility on top of everything else they have to do and my mind immediately went to well, well they want you to bring into the store well the ceo of walgreens probably wants people to come into the store yeah. because you get your booster and then you buy a magazine you yeah. buy some candy it's added traffic and she was like i i had never even thought about that that's that's immediately what i would think of that and i was, was like oh yeah <laughs> if you want a capitalist conspiracy theory you come to this guy <laughs> well no i mean this isn't it, it, it's just like you know you talk about i remember like a marketing class i was in, like why do they put the electronics department all the way in the back in the middle you gotta walk through that whole store. you gotta walk through the whole store to get to the highest volume items yeah that's why they put it there the most expensive items and the things that people come to look at the most and like draw the most eyes, even if they're not shopping for that, yeah. they put it there because you have to walk through the whole store. Costco's rotisserie chickens are, I think, four dollars a piece, yeah. which they're selling at a loss, but they're all the way in the back, all the way in the back, baby. Yeah. And you got to walk past a yeah. ton of other shit that you're going to buy you know to what? get there. Uh, uh, you know, if you're going for your COVID shot. Yeah, you know, it's it's it it may not be it's it's not the whole like, oh, you got to walk all the way to the back, uh, but it is added traffic to the store. Oh, yeah. And that's the appeal of it. Yeah. For a corporation. Of course. Yeah. So. Anyways, I guess, you know, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you're not going to get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not. Yeah. I mean, you could have got. It's sad, though. It's it sad is, to me. It is. That in like the other thing that I think is crazy about the vaccinations. Oh, is, one thing I was going to say before. We got off on that little tangent, like the natural immunity thing. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My vaccinated immunity is stronger than your natural immunity, even if you fucking had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. God, it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. There are genetic tests that show that. Yes. Um, but the, the other thing that I just think is weird is like the weird kind of Venn diagram that has happened when it comes to people who don't want to get the vaccine because it's like crazy libertarians and then also like crazy like left wing. Like, oh, like the holistic, like people. holistic communities. Yeah. And it's weird that like this is the thing that they both completely see eye to eye yeah. on. Well, it's like. Yeah, you have natural immunity, but you know what else that means? That means, like, if we would have just, like, let this go through society, 
the healthcare system would have been completely overwhelmed. Some yeah. of us, like, we'd probably be fine. We're younger, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but it, it, like, Trump even fucking said it. Yeah. He even said it right to Candace. Have you seen multiple, that? Multiple, multiple times. Yes. Right to Candace's yes. face. It was hilarious. Who, by the way, she's vaccinated. It's a fucking grift for yeah, her. Yeah. It's a fucking grift. Yeah. Because I told you that one time how she showed up in Madison Square Garden and New York City is like strict. Yeah. Like indoor events, you have to be vaccinated to attend. Yeah. And she showed up there, has pictures in Madison Square Garden, and she's still like selling this like whole like. Well, that's the way it all is. That's what it's a grift. That's the way Tucker Carlson operates too. They're not playing it off of, I think this is bad, so you shouldn't do it. They're playing the, it should be up to you. Yeah. It's a grift. Yeah. But no, I mean, even Trump said it right to her face. Yeah. He's like, this would have been the Spanish flu. Yeah. Like, it would have, like, you think. Well, that's the best part. 700 and some thousand. It would have been far worse than that. That's the best part about that psychopath's ego is, like, he has to take credit for the vaccine. It's amazing to me, too. He is (laughs) incapable of not taking credit for it. And that's the thing that's, like. We did it. He's like, I did it. Like, he literally thinks that he had anything to do with this yeah. creation of this vaccine. Yep. And then people are like, well, well, you know, if you're if you're a left, you know, and you want this socialized healthcare and you don't trust big pharma, it's like, I trust I I don't trust big pharma because of like pushing for profits. Yes. What I do trust them on is that this shit actually works. Yeah. Like your insulin works. The That's- problem is they fucking fucking just completely annihilate you with the cost yes absolutely there's shit works man there's plenty of medical devices i have used that i have not been happy about but it keeps me fucking alive i'm still gonna bitch about it because of how expensive it is but we're 18 minutes in i know i had no idea (laughs) i had no fucking idea do we want to talk about this more I don't know. It's just, it's gotten to a point where ugh, I'm just, I think everybody's ready for it to be done with. Yeah. I'm at the point that like, if I have it, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it is. I think we're done as a society because I think when when it started, the, I can remember the moment when it started. I was at the gym and, you know, they have fucking ESPN yeah, yeah. on the gym and, you know, you just all these TVs and it starts scrolling across like breaking news and they cut into Sports Center, And it was like the NBA is delaying the season due to yeah. COVID. And I was just like, well, this got ramped up. Yeah. And sure enough, within a few days, everything was changing. Yep. And you know where we're at right now? The NBA is having awful outbreaks. Yeah. And I'm using this as just kind of like a, paris- a comparison here. Awful outbreaks. You know what the NBA is saying? We're pushing through. Sign some fucking 10-day players. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. Yep. We're pushing right through this thing. Because you know what? Most of these players are young. They're healthy. They're vaccinated. And they each, like all the leagues are changing their protocols, too. Like, if you're vaccinated, they're following the CDC new guidelines. Like, everything's changing. Like, which is, I think it's a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign. I think this is over. I think it's heading towards over. Yep. And it's just kind of like, well, if you didn't fucking take advantage of all the things that are here at your disposal, you're rolling the dice. That's the thing. The thing that just has made me so fucking mad, though, is I've always, I'm a big like balance guy. Like I'm always try to find the gray space, and that's pretty much where I live. And that's where it drives me fucking nuts. Where it's like the places that go way overboard with protocols. Mm-hmm. It's like. I can see, yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Like, I may not agree with that. Yeah. 
But to the same token, these people who like won't wear a fucking mask to go into Applebee's and then just sit down at their booth and take the mask off. Yeah. That drives me fucking insane. And we'll yell at people who ask yes. them. It's just like, dude, like these dumb masks don't do anything. It's like, okay, so a cloth mask, they've done studies. It's like, yeah, they don't do a lot. Yeah. They don't. A cloth mask doesn't do that much. The most effective thing is social distancing. Yes. It's just keeping away from people. Um, but like a cloth mask, like just take a cloth mask, breathe into your hand without the mask and breathe into your hand with a mask on. Yeah. It's like, it's yes, not, it's, it's not, not a fucking, it's not a, it's not a fucking fix. It's not bulletproof. No, it's not. It's, it's fucking, it's basic. It's like, it's like tape. Yeah. It's like tape and it's not even good tape. It's not duct tape. It's just tape. But if I get like. 10% reduced. These same Let's people, say, these same people that yell about not wanting to wear a mask, when they sneeze, do they cover their mouths or fucking not? Yes. Cuz it's the same fucking thing. You're dealing with microscopic particles. You're not going to fucking catch them all. Yeah. But if I can catch 10% less with a fucking shitty cloth mask, why not? You know what? Fuck yeah. yeah. If that 10% matters in the end to somebody around me, yeah, wear it. Yeah. God. That, that's the part that drives me fucking insane. But the thing that drives, like, I'm not a scientist, but you will see scientists be like, I don't know why we're still doing this cloth mask. It's stupid. You know, it's pointless. It's a, you might as well not be wearing anything. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, they're they're not that effective, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. That's the problem, yeah. you know? And, like, and I like that a scientist will say that. The problem is a scientist will be like, well, these cloth masks really aren't doing that much, really, you know, in the but, social dis. But the thing is, like... The fucking crazy fucking freedom fucks or whatever it they'll take that and go completely out of context with it and be like, see, this is tyranny. We're not supposed to be wearing these. It's like they but weren't saying, Ugh. but the it's I could see getting that upset about it if you had to go that much further out of your way. But it is so fucking easy to put on a mask and wear it. Like that's the thing that that keeps me banging my head up yes. against a wall it's like it's not a big ask yes who fucking cares if it doesn't work or whatever you just put it on your face and yeah. just wear it into a store it is just funny though that this is their idea of freedom like something that simple they think is tyranny but the fact that i have like a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt just to get a bachelor's degree and some college got away with fifty thousand dollars of my money when they lied to me yeah. about being accredited or that's okay or how about that's this? fine or how that's about that hey you had the choice to go that's fine these people's idea of freedom here is absurd hey it's absurd let you want to go an extra step let's just say hey i want to quit my day-to-day -day job and start a business of my own that I could maybe build and create jobs with. But I also happen to want to buy insulin uh, through an insurance company. Can I do that without a employee, uh, an employer-covered healthcare plan? I guess not. So how does that make me free? Yes. Well, you have the freedom to not take your insulin. <laughs> Just, it's No, but it literally is that. It's like... They they don't their their entire concept of freedom is based around doing like the dumbest little shit possible. Yeah. Like it's the dumbest little shit possible. Like putting on a mask. It has nothing to do with what would consider what I would consider real freedom. Real freedom would be me not worrying about healthcare and be like, you know what? I fucking hate this job. I'm gonna go drive Lyft for a while until I figure out something that I don't hate. That would be real freedom. Yeah. But I don't have real freedom. Because I have a thing called benefits. 
and fucking private corporations hold all the fucking power and they hold benefits over your head. Yeah. There's no real fucking freedom. You can't do whatever the fuck you want. No. There are plenty of countries that have way more freedom than the U.S. The Freedom Index. Look it up. I mean, it's probably corny as hell, but yeah, it's true. It's absolutely it's it always boggles my mind that people think this is the freest country in the world when our healthcare system operates the way in which it does. I will say, okay, caveat, there's an asterisk. It is the freest country in the world if you're a fucking billionaire. If you're a billionaire, oh, yeah. all gates are open. You yeah. are the freest motherfucker on the planet. Oh, yeah. No, if you got money, you're free. Yes. If you got money, you're free. But yeah. if you're if you're That's like, the caveat. Yeah. If you're middle class or lower, you are not free. Every decision that you make, every decision that you make will be accompanied by something that could negatively impact you 10 times more. Yeah. Take a risk. I hate that. You know, and I got, I was on YouTube and I was on this fucking like, it, there's this like Arnold Schwarzenegger speech that has like 50 million fucking views. And it's talking about like, it's like one of those fucking motivation things, you know? And like, you see a lot of these motivation grinds that fucking yeah, videos yeah. and stuff. And like, it's an interesting speech and I like it, you know, and it, it is motivating, but it's like, it's not that easy to just well, no, that's the whole fucking entrepreneurial grind set. The grifters that have made millions of dollars talking about like being an entrepreneur and arguing that you should cut taxes for rich people because they're the ones that are taking on all of the risk in order to create a company. And it's like, motherfucker, you're taking on risk. But if that fails, guess what? You can still get a fucking job. Do you know who does take on risk? The people that work a fucking paycheck to paycheck job that could get fired at any fucking second for yeah. any reason whatsoever. That's taking on risk. The whole system is there to support the people <laughs> that want to create a fucking business. Oh, man. We're on one today. Uh, I don't know how we, we even got here, bud. Because it was just because we are breaking COVID protocols. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. Not a very funny intro for you. No, no, no. This is, I think we were due for one of the, we, we put some jabs in, but we were due for one of our full blown, like, fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it has gotten bad. To, it's gotten to the point where, did you ever, did you watch, it just came out like in the last couple of days, but that Don't Look Up movie on Netflix. I have not watched it yet. The new Adam McKay movie. It's, it's like perfect and depressing at the same time. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. But it made it made me sad because I realized if an asteroid were headed towards Earth and it were determined we only have like okay, thirty six hours left this, yeah. or whatever, I am oddly okay with it. <laughs> like I feel like all right, okay, we've had a good run. Like that's where my mindset is. I don't think you would be if it actually happened. I don't know. No. I'm I'm to the it's point. It's easy to say that, but when you're put in that position. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying things. this to be like cool or whatever. I, I think you're trying to be cool. I'm sick and tired of dealing with all of this shit. I just think like if you're faced with imminent mortality, you can never predict that. No, and I'm it not, I'm not saying you're saying it to be cool. I think you truly believe this. Yes. But I think if you were placed in a position of imminent mortality and you could not escape it. I think it changes things. Well, I think it depends on what that I imminent mortality looks like. Because I am strangely comfortable being out of control. 
So if I know there's an asteroid headed towards Earth, I have zero control over that, and there's nothing I can do. I can live comfortably for 36 hours and like not have to worry about another thing. I don't think. See, I think I'm different from you in that sense that I I need control. Yeah, and I yeah. I I avoid. Why do you think I hate flying so much? I know, Beca- and I love driving, and I love flying. Yeah, we're different. Because if the plane goes down, it goes down, and I have no control over it. So that means if it happens, it happens. That's a chaotic way to live, my man. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think we're... Okay, so the plan was we were going to originally put the Boba Fett right at the end of this, and I don't know if we were going to do the... You know, Bad Batch, we did a single episode for each one. I think... I think, I think this rant just sealed it, though. Yeah. We're going to have to do a solo. Yeah. So we'll upload the Boba stuff in a separate file later. Um, so we are going to be doing individual episodes for the Book of Boba Fett. But we're not going to make them time sensitive. We're going to record them when it's comfortable for us to yeah. record. Let's do it that way. Because with Bad Batch, we really were like, we got to get it out. And it's like, eh, you know. Well, we called Bad Batch the reasonable reaction, but we ended up trying to release it as soon as possible. So yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, so it, it will be the true reasonable reaction to the book of Boba Fett, um, which you'll probably be getting later tonight when I release it because we're going to record it in a little yeah. bit. So, well, we're here. but um, let's move on to some happier things. Should we do listener appreciation? Yes. It's only because I'm so in love. No, <laughs> no. It's because I'm so in love with you. My freedom! <laughs> All right. Listener appreciate I just thought of more like one of the biggest things with the freedom talk is always the Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, your your freedoms are being impinged upon because we want to do a more extensive background check on you to get this gun yep. that we're gonna give you anyways if you fucking clear the background check. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, um, right off the top on listener appreciation, right off the top. Let's just get it out of the way. We got something to address. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Reverse Amazing Grace. (laughs) Reverse Eliza. A.K.A. A Drop drop of of magic Magic on Twitter. Eliza, like, this has happened before. I swear I did not unfollow you. And I was like, it's okay, Eliza. It's okay. She's like, I, I'm having a hard time listening to this. Ep- she's on a Delta <laughs> flight coming home from the fucking holidays. And she's like, oh, my God, I feel awful. I'm you, like, you had that comment where I'm like the one, I'm the stand-up comedian who's focusing on the one person I left. She's like, that's not me. That's where it's like. <laughs> it's like, Eliza, it's fine. So Eliza never went anywhere. Well, we even said when we were talking about it, we were like, hey, if something happens and Eliza decides to come back, open arms. Well, guess what? She's back. She's back, baby. Yeah. And um, yeah. So Eliza was never gone. No. Just. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but she was like very. Yeah. So um, I will say so. And I was very excited, too, because Eliza. Now I can chat with her about Dark Disciple. Yes. Yes. So that's good. And I'm I'm very proud of the I feel like you grew in the way that you reacted. I said to that. that. I said that to the authority story. <laughs> and I was like, I am glad that I did not ruminate on it too yes. much. I said, if Eliza's gone, that's okay. I respect that. 
Not that I wouldn't, not in the past that I wouldn't respect that decision, but in just my own little yes. world. You tend to spiral sometimes. I would spiral a bit and I'd overthink everything. Whereas, um, yeah, I mean, you know. I'm much more of the mindset of like, oh, maybe something happened or maybe there's a miscommunication. Like, I am, I always err on the side of like, oh, no, it's probably not that big of a deal. But yeah. I think you look at it kind of in a different yeah. way. Yeah, and I think I just would have been like, well, what the hell is what's going on here? What's going, you know, like, what, again, what do we do wrong? What do we do again, wrong? it comes to, I love not being in control. And so if something happens that I could potentially control but don't have control over, I'm fine taking my hands off the wheel. Where you kind of ruminate on like, well, what did I do to create this situation? Yes. But I did a good job with it. Yes, you did. I said, you know what? I'm if, very if proud of you. Is done, that's okay. I'm not, you know, Eliza's like, I wish you would have reached out to me. And I was like, well, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to bother you about it. If you unfollowed, you unfollowed for a reason. Yeah. She did not unfollow. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we mentioned her every episode because yes. she's like, wait, I didn't unfollow. And she went, she's like, holy shit, what the hell happened? <laughs> so Eliza, back in the saddle, baby. Back in the fold. All right. So the Holy Trinity. Hello there. From my nightmare, the shadow in the background of the moor, the unsuspecting victim. You know what's exciting about depressed Kenobi's little vacation? She's coming back soon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she'll be back. It's very exciting. All of a sudden, in Discord, all of a sudden, that DK is going to pop. Yep. And I'm just going to yap it all going to celebrate. I'm going to sign in on Twitter, and there's going to be like 10 DK notifications. (laughs) Oh, she'll check in. She'll see what we've been up to. The Athorian Historian. I'm just gonna kill it right there. This man has more Lego sets. <laughs> I, I'm jealous of him. Yeah, he's lapped us. He's he kept sending us pictures of the Razor Crest that he's building. It's like, coming together nicely. Oh, what a beautiful man! Did you, you did you have you had that set and returned it? Right? No. Oh, you still I bought, have it? No. The first set I bought. Remember this? I bought the Bad Batch set. Yes. And I, we were. That's the day we were out doing uh, collectible runs. Yep. And you kept being like, you got to get a, you know, and that's when I was still very Lego hesitant. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up the Bad Batch set and I had it here. And then I ended up returning it a day later. A week later, I bought it again because I decided I actually really like Legos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've never owned the, the Razor Crest. No. Okay. And my thing is right now, I talked about the last episode, saving a lot of money, not eating out. I've been doing good with it. A lot of chicken breast. I got that down pat. <laughs> I got it down pat. <laughs> 165 to 170. That's a cool spot right there. Yeah. You get a little juicy chicken. I made one, I made a chicken breast last night that I got it up to about 168. I pulled it out of there. I put it on the plate. I weighed it out because I'm counting my ounces. Brought it in here, and I looked down at the plate, and there was just juice everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's a juicy, juicy chicken breast. And it was tender. I cut right through the <laughs> chibata. Anyways, um, but yeah, the Authorian Historian is the richest Lego man on Earth. God bless him. Yeah. God bless him. You know, I feel good for him, too. He's out there in Vermont, and a lot of times he'll labor on, like, the fact that he's in Vermont, and he has, like, no Taco Bells. One time he's like, so if you wanted to go to, like, a Twins game, how long would it take you to get to the stadium? And I was like, (laughs) with or without traffic. He's like, no traffic. And I was like, um, 10 minutes. (laughs) I could be at I could be at Target Field in ten minutes yep. right now, and he's like, "Dude," <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> he was blown away by it. And then, 
when I was driving downtown today to walk into the convention center and immediately walk out when I saw the line, I was thinking about that. I was like, we got to have the Athorian historian in for a trip sometime. Oh, yeah. You know, so we can he can come over. We can be like, all right, hop in the car. We're going to go to a Twins game, and he'll just be blown away. This is the beauty of it, too. And the greatest thing is, I will love it. Oh. Because I'll be like, watch how fast we can get to a stadium. <laughs> My favorite thing in the world is to bring someone in from outside and yes. be like, all right, I have two cities to show you. Yes. And drive them around both Yes, of the Twin Cities. I remember my buddy Clark, his uh, ex-wife. God, my one of my best friends has been married twice yeah. and has three kids. Yeah. And I'm just like buying Lego sets. But <laughs> I remember she, his ex-wife was from Texas and her best friend came up from Dallas. And like, I was like, I'll pick her up at the airport. Like we had kind of hit it off a little bit at their wedding. And I was like, well, I can pick her up at the airport. Because <laughs> I love that shit. I'm Mr. Twin Cities. So I was like, I'll pick her up at the airport. No, nope. I'll take it around. And then we went to a Twins game stuff. I was like, oh, we got to go to this place and this place. I love it. When I was living in Chicago, I had to come back to Minneapolis for like a like a conference or something. And some people, some coworkers from Chicago came with me because they were going to the same conference. And the entire ride from the airport to our hotel, I was announcing and pointing out things that I know yeah. they didn't give a shit about. But, you but don't I was care. like, so this is the Hiawatha line. This went in approximately around this time. <laughs> and it was a big deal because it goes from downtown Minneapolis to the Mall of America. And a lot of people thought the first line should go between Minneapolis and St. Paul. That was a whole thing. And then and they just were like tuning me out. That was like the, the right thing in the that background. Done, really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, I mean, if, if we have an Athorian historian, you should be the light rail historian. <laughs> I remember when they put that fucking thing in, like you and our buddy I Matt was elated. showed up like day one to take a ride yeah. on it. Okay, let's move on. We're getting down to Twin City Talk fucking pipe hole here. <laughs> All right. Not in the Twin Cities, but in our hearts. The the president of Norway, he'll know, architect of the Nordic model. Ah, All right. So the official artist on the pod, Jaylee, you are a bold one. Uh, Celine and Perry, the Parisian princess, the Chiapata champion. <laughs> uh, and the royal subject, El Davio, that would be Jules. Liv, a.k.a. Darth Clink. Let's drop this. It is Darth Clink Tarot time. Okay. That would be Darth Clink. And, of course, the official... Retweeter of the pod. Traveling through hyperspace in my dust and crops, boy. Yada dot. Yada dot. Yada dot. And of course, Daryl. Now, Daryl. Now, Daryl, we, we escalated off the on deck circle. But you know what? I'm just going to make the executive decision to just keep Daryl there, even though we had the little flub. Yeah. So I believe when we first found out Daryl was a listener, I said I, I had the statement that we are the official podcast of Daryl's. <laughs> so I'm bringing that back. We are the official podcast of Daryl's. Daryl joined the Authorian Historian and I last night briefly on a Spaces on Twitter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yada that. Yada that. All right, the four horsemen of the email apocalypse, Noah Blight, Wade, Death. Thank you, Wade, for sending the Halo memes. 
Stephen, feast or famine. Then, of course, Joshua, the former Archangel of War, he died. He's buried. He's gone. Depressed Kenobi defeated him in battle. This is what happens when people battle. So, riding that horse now, that would be the Ilk! The Ilk. And, of course, we've got Isaac. Let's give him a little... Out of my way! Oh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> And we are a member of the Padawans Podcast Network, Wayfinder Pod at Wayfinder Pod, from a certain point of skew at F-A-C-P-A-P-O-D, the Jar Jar Thanks Pod at Jar Jar Thanks, Laura, Michaela, and Jess. Hey, Michaela. Vader's Thoughts at Vader Thanks, and most things, Kenobi at MTK underscore we, podcast. Hello. We did send me a, uh, a text the other day that was a, I think I forwarded it to you, it's like a New York Post article about how... Uh, Legos are a more sound investment yes. than gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So They hold their value, baby. We're sitting on a gold mine. We got a lot of Legos here. Yeah. These bricks, man. It's <laughs> the know. brick economy. Yeah. You know, and this is what you got to respect the Legos because this is, an actual, this is an actual physical thing that I could hand to you. I can say, here you go. Yes. I respect that. That's why I don't believe in crypto. Because <laughs> I, I feel like there is an intangent value to being able to grab something physical and touch it. Yeah. That's the thing with like money. Like I know my bank account. When I look at my bank account, I don't I don't have all that money in front of me. It's just a number. But I know if I go to the bank, they can hand me that money, which is of value to other people. So what I could do with it is I could exchange it for goods and services. With my if I had a Bitcoin, well I don't have an actual what do I fucking print off a fucking thing that says, Oh, Bitcoin, here yeah. you go. It's not worth anything because it's still in my name. So I could print off like here's a one Bitcoin for you. It doesn't mean shit. Oh god, somebody that knows more about crypto than us is gonna reach out with a soliloquy about how we're wrong about that. I'm sure I'm wrong and I'm sure there's intrinsic value in it that I'm not seeing. Um but I'm a dumb idiot, okay? I'm not an economist. I've said it before. Oh, yeah. I'm not an economist. Not getting into it. I don't know anything about it. I'm probably wrong all the time. You did have a good, like, two-month stint playing the stock market, and that worked out well for you. So I was actually thinking about getting back into it today. <laughs> they re-released the short interest on AMC. Ah. Very high. Very tasty. But that AMC stock's at, like, 20-some bucks right now. Jeez. How, it, how much was it when, when you I was bought it? Fiddling yeah. around, it was fucking violently going between like 45 and 60 yeah so but there's a lot of short interest to push that back down this is not financial talk anyways um and of course we got the new section here this would be your on deck circle so in american baseball uh, i think that's only the only baseball is american <laughs> baseball well, I was thinking of cricket. Well, there's squash, too. Well, Zetjukasa is down under. They play cricket yeah, down yeah. there, which is, like, I guess the equivalent of baseball. Yeah. Right? So, uh, well, but Zetjukasa is on deck as well. But uh, up next would be Sam Porg and Mo. And you know what that is. That's your dyad in the fourth, <laughs> baby. That's your dyad. And also, twin sons, Lena. Um, Twin Sons and Zetjukasa, they are down under. You know, <laughs> they're down. They're in the they're in the southern hemisphere. Yep. very exciting for us. Um, so that's your on deck circle. Um, and also we got the people are showing us something. We got a lot of people showing us something. We got Cold to Zach, uh, SL the Coffee Addict. Still not sure if SL's there, but they retweet the episodes. Oh yeah. So if yeah, I yeah. put an episode, yeah. SL retweets it. So 
Um, I am recording. I was originally going to record with Sarah Palpatine tonight, uh, the Revenge of the Sith novelization, but I'm actually going to do it tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow. She's free all day, so that will be dropping shortly, and I'll definitely be retweeting that. Um, Reagan, Regoba. Uh, we got Force Priestess, Magna Tolvin, uh, and then... You got to remind me one of these times, just write people down. <laughs> that guy, Garrick. Garrick was on a little sabbatical. It's really great to have the Gorg King back. Garrick is the king of the Gorgs. Do you know Gorgs? No. They're in Resistance. We're going to have to watch Resistance. Oh, yeah. They're a cute little critter. They're like I'm, frogs. I say we do Resistance after Rebels. Yeah, I think, but we're, we're not going to do a two-week Resistance. There's only two seasons. And I think what we'll do is we'll do one, and then we'll figure out what the fuck we're doing with our we'll other We'll figure it episode. out, but yeah. I, it's a ways away still. Resistance will be covered. Oh, we're absolutely covering yes. Resistance. And when Eliza was like, I'm still here. I'm waiting to go through everything with you. And I was like, oh, it's coming your way, little lady. <laughs> we're going to go through it all. We're going through it all. We're going to do it all. This is nonstop. This is the train that keeps us moving. This is the coal. This is the coal of our train engine. You said this is the Star Wars podcast of record. Yes. Uh, also, Marie on Twitter showing me something. Always showing me something. Uh, Lothwolf showing me something. <laughs> I don't know. You I, don't even know what a Lothwolf is yet. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. It's a Lothwolf. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Um, yeah, there's so many of you on there, though, that are always showing me something. And anytime somebody shows me something, this beautiful bright sun shows me something. Um... The Athorian Historian shows me something. <laughs> There's a lot out there. So thank you all for showing me something. Um, if I haven't mentioned it yet, I'll eventually get to it. This segment's getting out of control, though. Like, I'm losing control of this segment because I am... Ask Adam. I, I just want everybody to be recognized. Yes. It's kind of my thing. Yep. So much like when somebody disappears and I'm like, well, why? <laughs> if I can't recognize everybody, I want to run my head through a fucking wall. Yeah. So I think it's best if we just call it a call it there. And if I haven't mentioned yet, I'm sorry. Cut me off. Cut me off. Tell me to stop. Yeah. If you haven't mentioned stop. If you, if you haven't mentioned them yet, they should reach out and join the Discord. If you reach out to me, you can join the Discord. Yeah. And if you reach out to me and say you would like to be shout out, I will absolutely not forget you there. So, anyways. Reach out and join the Discord. We got Chibata bread. Chibata bread. Okay, so season six, episode five, an old friend. Uh, we've mentioned it every single time, and we're going to have to mention it every single time for season six, but they all came out on the same day on Netflix. So, we are up to The Phantom Menace. We're doing the movie releases, and we're doing time warps for the movie releases. So, May 19th, 1999. For the movie, obviously, The Phantom Menace owned that week, so we're going to do the week before, and we're also going to do the number one song on May 19th, 1999. Which one do you want to do first? Let's go movie. Okay, so this star is currently an internet darling, much in the same sense as Keanu Reeves. I'll give you the star. Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah. Massive success at the box office in this, and it spawned multiple sequels and spinoff franchises. It's gotta be The Mummy. It is The Mummy. That is your number one movie in America. It's a great movie. There's a lot of heavy hitters in 1999 I was yeah. looking at. There's some heavy hitters there. Uh, the second highest grossing movie in 1999 was The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. Um, but obviously, Phantom Menace took the cake there. So... Um, but yeah, the Mummy was number one. A lot I of big love box that movie when I was younger. Oh, it's a fun one. 
spooked me out a little. Rachel Vice in there too. Vice, yeah, Vice. Uh, she hasn't been around much lately. She was in uh, Black Widow. Oh, she was. Yeah. I haven't seen Black Widow yet. Near I, I just know she's in it. There you go. All right, so we do have a new number one song in America. Um, I was really tempted to do like the entire year of nineteen ninety eight because there was a lot of songs on there. Where I was like, "Ooh, those are some saucy ones." Um, but that would have meant I would have gone with the number two movie, which would have been Sixth Sense. Um, but I did end up going with the number one song. The number one song for the year, Hot One Hundred Wives, was Share Believe. Oh yeah, which I love that that's song, and that's song. why I was like, maybe I'll just do the whole year. Yeah. But no, I'm gonna do. May 19th, 1999, the number one song in America was by a Latin superstar. Uh, Ricky Martin? It is Ricky Martin. Oh, here it comes. I got 30 seconds. I love it. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It is a great song. Oh, it's amazing. I think when that was released, that was around the time. I think I was in like eighth or ninth grade. It was around the time where I started recognizing you shouldn't like certain things because they're not cool. And that song came out, and I remember like having that thought of like, this might not be cool, but it is catchy, baby. It really is. And like, it is insane the number of songs here from 1999. So, Share Believe was the number one overall single. But I was like, oh, Live in La Vida Loca must be number two. It is 10th on the Billboard Hot 100 Jeez. of 1999. There are some fucking massive hits. Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Oh. Genie in a Bottle. Um, Kiss Me by Six Pence, None the yep. Richer. Remember that one? Um, Every Morning by Sugar Ray. Oh, God. No Scrubs by TLC. Angel of Mine by Monica. A massive, a massive that was a big year. Single season there. Smooth by Santana yeah. and Rob Thomas was 19. That played for the next 15 years. All-Star was 17. Yeah. Angel by Sarah McLeod. There's a ton. I want it that way. Jesus Christ. Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls. Tell me when to stop. We got <laughs> we got to make a playlist of just that year. Bylamos was 26. <laughs> there are so many fucking Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Wild Wild this was like the biggest year for pop music ever. Yeah. Insane that Live in La Vida Loca was only the 10th biggest hit. That's nuts. This is so good. Red champagne. Chibata. All right. Um, wow, we didn't even go an hour. <laughs> it seemed a lot longer than that. All right, should we get into the episode? Yes. All right, let's do it. Hey, Clone Castanovas, uh, before we kick off this episode, just want to give you a heads up about a fundraiser that our Padawans Podcasting Network is getting behind. Our friends over at Clashing Sabers Podcast, and you can follow them at Clashing Sabers on Twitter, are uh, putting together this fundraiser. Uh, this fundraiser is using their nonprofit branch to put Star Wars books into classrooms across the country. 
Um, a lot of fans can relate to having Star Wars books as a kid and how it helped shape their lives. And the good people over at Clashing Sabers are working to continue that legacy, support teachers, and improve literacy across the country. Uh, over the years, they've been able to put over a thousand books into classrooms and impact hundreds of students. But it takes wonderful Star Wars fans like yourself to make it happen. So right now they're hosting their third annual holiday fundraiser to continue impacting students and teachers in a time when they need it more than they ever have before. Um, so you can find the link to this fundraiser in our show, show notes. Blah, 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 show notes. Unique New York. N unique. Remember that Anchorman movie? Hilarious. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can find the link to this fundraiser in our show notes. Um, you can head over to go.rallyup.com slash revenge of the reader. Um, there will be raffle tickets uh, located there, and there's a ton of special prizes that they're going to be giving away. So um, you're doing a good thing by helping out this fundraiser, but you also have a chance to win some really cool stuff like uh, Light of the Jedi signed by Charles Sewell, uh, art by Roberto Venegas, uh, plus more signed memorabilia from people like Claudia Gray, uh, Delilah S. Dawson, Kevin Scott, that evil Kevin Scott, and Lamassu voice actor Bob Bergen. Uh, with 100% of your donations going directly to buying and shipping Star Wars books to classrooms all across the country. Uh, your donation is also completely tax deductible, so you really have nothing to lose here. So head over there. Uh, the link is in our bio. Uh, they want to reach a $2,000 goal, and I think that's a completely manageable goal. I think we can hit that, don't you, Clone Castanovas? Um, so check out the link in our bio. Help out this great cause. On with the show. Do it. Hello, General Kenobi. Hello, Charles. Senator Amidala will be permitted to speak. Tekla me now. Tekla me now. Tekla me now. Tekla me now. You in the moonlight with your sleepy eyes. Could you ever love a man like me? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Will Ferrell. <laughs> All right. So here we go, season six, episode five, an old friend. Here it is. You know, it is an old friend because it's a return to a fucking turd is what it is. <laughs> not, it's not nearly as bad as Senate Spy. <laughs> not nearly. Not nearly as bad. And that's the last episode where we had Rush Clovis. That's the only time we met Rush Clovis. Yep. We meet Rush again. And that's the old friend they're referring to. But also kind of a turd. Yeah. The episode itself, I would say. This is the worst episode. I'm, I'm not supposed to give my ratings away, but I would say this is the worst episode we've gotten in a while. We were on a hot streak for a little bit. We were due to come down a little yep. bit because we were, I mean, we were getting greedy. Yeah. I mean, that last arc, I was like, eh, I can't give any of this over an 8.5. Yeah. Because it was good. Yeah. But, oh, it was not that good. <laughs> but, oh, man, we can come back. This is not Shadow Warrior. No. No. <laughs> no, it is not. Shadow Warrior is the benchmark, okay? The worst is when they're trying to go for something and it just falls flat. Mm -hmm. I mean, that being said, though, there is some interesting stuff in it. We yeah. get to see Scipio. That's what I'm saying. Like the whole uh, the the first introduction to Saw Gerrera, that arc. Yeah. 
That was like they're going for something, but it just fell a little. We flat. did see like the two most uh, hardcore like rioters ever, though those two people that set fire to the tank. Yeah, they're celebrating yeah. by themselves. They're hardcore. That was exciting. Um, no such things in this. So this episode, starting a new arc, we are on Scipio. Now Scipio is where the banking clan is located. The banking clan you will know are the Moons. Um, M-U-U-N. Yep. They're the big forehead guys. And they aren't native to Scipio. They're native no. to Munist. Munilist. I, I, I can, I, it's, it's, it is in the Plagueis novel. Yeah, yeah. Munilnist. 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 It's tough to pronounce. Yeah. It's tough to pronounce Mune. But in, I, I remember in the, like, part of Plagueis that I read, it mentions like They they have a large presence on Scipio and that's where the banking clan is headquartered. Yes. And so it's there's like, a lot of munes now. It's Scipio. one of the first places that they like expanded and liked and they just decided yes. like, oh, we're gonna take this yeah. planet over. And Scipio, interesting enough, is the planet where a lot of Sidious's training, Palpatine, took place. Yep. Um so also, it seems it's a very mountainous, snowy planet, and I think they're going for... It, they're modeling it after Switzerland. Like yeah. It looks like the Swiss Alps. Yeah. And in World War II, Switzerland was like a neutral kind of banking country for yeah. both the Axis and the Allies, yep. and I feel like they're kind of going for the same thing with Scipio. Yeah. And so basically, the premise of this episode is Padme Amidala is heading to Scipio to secure funds for aid, they say. Just aid. Aid to what planet? I don't know, but they're implying that they need aid for planets that are being impacted heavily by the war, so they have they're, to go get a loan. The Republic needs more money. Yeah. Um, so all the money here is stored in an area of the planet they call the neutral zone, which yep. is like a completely neutral area. Where they do business with separatists, they do business with Republic, they do business with everybody here. It's completely neutral. The only thing, it's just the dollar is the only thing that drives the neutral yeah. zone. Well, right? in the the credit or whatever. Um, but, and I, I forget if it was a YouTube video I watched or if I read it in Plagueis or another like Wikipedia article. But they were talking about the neutral zone as being something that was established as like a free trade region so like it was a place where it was like if you want to do business in a place and avoid mm -hmm. tariffs and taxation from planetary monetary policy come to the neutral zone and here you can do your business without people skimming off the top you only have to pay small fee to do it in the neutral zone sure so that's where I wish I remember where I saw this, but it, it was talking about that's why all of these places like the Trade Federation and the banking clan and the techno union army like they all came there to do their business because they're good libertarians and don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. But once they all were in the neutral zone and all were doing their business solely in the neutral zone, they gave the banking clan a ton Kickbacks. of power yeah. because they had control over this neutral zone, and that's what kind of allowed the separatists to solidify all of that 
corporate power and kind of like they let their greed kind of ensnare them to being sure. controlled the way they didn't want to be controlled. Yeah. Yeah. So very different than the other neutral zone I'm familiar with, in which many of you are probably familiar with. The neutral zone in Star Trek is an area of space. Yeah. Yeah. That is in between contested board. It's a it's like so you have a neutral zone. It's like the border, basically. Yeah. And there's an area there, a certain amount of space yep. where you can go into and you're not. Tep- but going in there is seen as an act of aggression, uh, typically in Star Trek. Yeah. But and if you I- ever find yourself in the neutral zone on Star Wars and Scipio, if you ever find yourself in the neutral zone, there are a couple tips. OK, <laughs> one. Do not eat at the restaurants. <laughs> they are not regulated. No. They are not regulated. So do not drink or eat anything because you don't know what you're putting in your body and nobody's telling them to cook it. You know, I've been talking about the chicken. You want to get to 165 minimum. They might be cooking their chicken at 150. You're running the risk because nobody's looking over their shoulder there. You know what? You're saying that. However... Me looking at the neutral zone as the libertarian paradise that it is, the free market will just decide which restaurants people should go to and should go to. If your restaurant gets 20,000 people violently ill, then people will know not to go to that restaurant. And if they do, it's their own choice. Yes. It's freedom, baby. Also, that exact same thing happened in like world history i think that's what they did i think it was like king leopold in the congo it's like when they carved up that is a dark dark history oh yeah king leopold in the congo did some awful things oh terrible he's one there's of the... a book called if i haven't read it in a while but it's called king leopold's ghost it's so good yeah. it is really good but good lord behind the bastards what a mess. behind the bastards did like a two or three parter on King Leopold and they mm-hmm. reference that book a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's what I forget what the meeting was called, but it was like all of the the powerhouse European countries got together in at some conference and they were like, how are we going to carve up Africa? And they just decided what countries are going to go to who. And they like created a neutral zone where people would come and like, you can do business without any kind of government interference and it, the exact same fucking thing happened imperialism sucks um <laughs> yes, it's yes, so, it bad. It's so bad <laughs> um but anyways so that's what the neutral zone is we're in one of those moods where you could bring up something like this but yeah i'm just saying don't eat at the fucking restaurants no. there i would not trust a restaurant that's no. i mean that shit seeps through even when they are regulated. Like, you look at some of the fucking norovirus breakouts from Chipotle, and I have found myself on the wrong end of a Chipotle bowl, <laughs> all right? <laughs> you don't want to go through it. You're firing off both ends. <laughs> it must have been, I think it was 2016, the Vikings were playing the Redskins. No longer the Redskins, now the Washington football team. The Washington because football team. It's a little more proper name. Yes. Um, But they're playing them. And I remember I ate some Chipotle about an hour before kickoff. <laughs> And before we were in the third quarter, I was the sickest I had ever been in my entire life. Oh, my gosh. Both ends. Don't got to worry about that now. You're cooking your own chicken now. Whoa, 165. Put it right in there. 
I don't even think it was the chicken. I think sometimes they cross contaminate on like the lettuce and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whenever I see a, a commercial for Chipotle, it's like it looks so clean and orderly and like I saw this one on YouTube the other day and they're just like bringing the fucking, you know, the the fresh veggies over there and they're putting it in its little place and you're just I'm just like I have never gone in a Chipotle where it doesn't look like complete chaos on oh, yeah. the metal. Like it it's just a fucking mess. And they, they, they give you like the sour cream, they get and they throw it on there and like you get some weird corn chunks and shit in there. Chipotle, and- I will I will never know the level of anxiety that more than I do when I am ordering in a Chipotle line, like during a lunch rush. Oh god. Like, it is just like I can practice it. I don't know how many times, yeah. but I always like freeze up and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. and if you look at like, just like the ingredients behind the counter there, it is a fucking mess. <laughs> it is like, I talk about a Walmart's are just like targets that were hit by tornadoes. That's Chipotle looks like, you know, pick your food place of choice. Chipotle is that place hit by a tornado. Yeah. Like it's just fucking shit everywhere. Anyways, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Padme arrives on Scipio and is going to go talk to the banking clan. She arrives with our one and only, we got Tekla. <laughs> I love Tekla. So Tekla, this is Tekla's second appearance on the show, and she made her way into the polycule. She really stole my heart that first. I was like in tears when I was talking about how much yep. I love Tekla. I think she is the best. She slowly snuck in, and you were quite taken. I was quite taken with Tekla. We'll revisit. Um, and they are greeted by Big Head. Um, this is a moon who's like a special Big Head moon. He's like the... I think it's the one that we got on Coruscant at one time. He was like the representative there for the Trade Federation, or Mach, the Banking Clan, excuse me. Mock Plane, I think Mach his name Plane, is? yes. Yeah. And that was the episode where, was that the Senate murder episode? Um, I'm getting all these weird financial I know. ones mixed well, up. Well, also, like, the Munes are so hard because they literally look identical to I each was gonna, other. I already decided that I was naming the episode, All Munes Look the Same. <laughs> Like, the Council of Five, I swear their wives couldn't tell them apart. Like, you have to base them off of, like, the headdresses that they wear. That's the problem with the Council of Five, though, that we meet here. They're all wearing the same headdress. I know. It's like a grill. Do you know, like, I didn't get completely through Plagueis, but is Hugo Damas on the the Council of Five? No. Maybe. Because I was wondering if, like, this is a problem with the amount of books that I read. I don't retain everything. Yeah, I know. He very well could be. He, no, he runs Damask. It's like Damask Holdings or something like that. Um, but at this, he has considerable power. But but at this point, he's been long dead. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been dead. I mean, that's not a canon novel, right? But it's the best. That novel is the best breakdown that we have of like the Plagueis Palpatine relationship. And so, I don't. There's nothing that I can think of in that novel that really flies in the face of anything that we know is canon. So I feel like if that's what you want to use as your backstory, and I've said it before, canon, whatever. It's a fantasy universe. Make canon whatever the fuck you want it to right. be. Um, But yeah, so they're greeted there. They're going to go in there and meet with uh, the Council of Five is what they're called. Um, And Padme's guards are like, you got to stay out of here. We can only take in, you know, because it's a neutral zone. They can't bring in any Republic forces. Um, But 
off in the distance, we see somebody spying him, and that would be Enbo. Now, we've met Enbo a lot of times. Uh, he's the Raiden Turtle <laughs> bounty hunter, and he's got, like, a big doggie. Yep. Um, the last time we saw him was in Nalhada. Yeah. Uh, yep. Where he and a few other bounty hunters were hired to uh, fight off Savage Press and Darth Maul. Yep. So that's the last time we saw him. Um, but Embo sends like this little probe droid, probe droid in to follow them into the neutral zone, and you hear him say Padme's name. So bounty hunter, we're assuming Padme is a target of some kind here. Um, and Padme is then brought before the banking clan council. It's the council they call them the Council of Five. There's five munes that are on this council, and that is going to be our first clip. As Council of Five. We are honored but surprised that you have traveled all this way for a mere bank transfer. A transfer that has not been forthcoming. By request of the Supreme Chancellor, I am here to expedite matters. Of course. We would merely request that you meet with our special representative who will go over the terms and conditions of your loan. Senator Amidala. Clovis. You do know one another? Sir, I was assured that this transaction would be free of prejudice and partisan allegiance. This man is a known separatist and traitor to the Republic. Padme. I can assure you, Rush Clovis is our most trusted and best negotiator. I am sorry, gentlemen, but I insist this man be removed from these negotiations. Until then... We have nothing further to discuss. Podme. Sounds like he's saying pod. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Rush Clovis, um, who we met in Senate Spy, which... Good Lord. One of the most painful episodes. And he's a really <laughs> horny, handsy guy, right? Yes, he is. Um, he shows up. So, he was the senator for the banking clan. And we've talked about this before. Like, the Trade Federation has a senator. The banking clan has a senator. And it, it's, it's kind of like, you're not a planet. You're a corporation. And the fact that they have Senate representation is fucking and that's really weird. weird. I'm not, I, I See, here in normal land, what we do is we just have our politicians just paid off yeah. to do their bidding. And yeah. They don't actually have a formal representative. The corporation isn't actually Speaking in the Senate, they just pay millions of dollars to have senators speak for them. Yes. Thank you, Joe Manchin. Um, but also, I'm wondering, too... Citizens if, United, look it up. If they are indeed voting members of the Senate, or if they just have representation in the Senate itself. Like lobbyists? Like, well, then wouldn't they just call well, them no, lobbyists? No, like... Uh, like Puerto, oh. Puerto Rico and yeah. Washington, D.C. have non-voting members of Congress. Which is hilarious, by the way, that the D.C. representatives cannot vote. Yes. Or Puerto Rico, for that matter. Yes. They have representation, but their entire population doesn't get a vote yes. in our fucking Congress. Yet they are subject to our laws. Yes. Which is insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, the the fucking capital. If you're a citizen of the capital, which is a major city, yes, you have no representation in yeah. Congress. None. That's insane. That's nuts. And you know why it will never happen? Because they would vote Democrat. Yeah, yeah. It's same with Puerto Rico. Yeah. 
The only way they win is when they cheat. <laughs> and the only way the Democrats win is they don't because they let them win. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking insane, man. What a fucking crap. It's, like it's two people playing poker, one constantly cheating, and one saying playing by the rules will always prevail. Yeah. No, it's like the Republicans hold a 10-7 offsuit or something. Just some garbage cards. Like a 2-8. They got a 2-8 offsuit. <laughs> the Democrats are holding pocket rockets. They got they got two aces. The river comes out, and it's, it's ace, seven, ace. So they got quads, okay? Republicans got nothing. The Republicans are like, you know what? I bet 2,000. Democrats are like, I'll call that. Let's see the, you know, let's see it. Next one. This is Texas Holden, by the way. Next one comes out. Some innocuous card. It's a fucking king. Let's say it's king. Republicans look at it. They got nothing. They got it. They got a seven high. That's what they got. They got a seven high against quad aces. They go, you know what? I'm all in. Republicans, Democrats back. I fold. I fold. <laughs> you got me. 100% chance to win, but they fold. That's what it is. That's how American politics work. Yep. Anyways, and, and they're happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, after that, Padme heads back to her quarters. Um, so Padme and Tekla are in there. We just kind of get this shot of them talking to a immune representative, a banking clan representative. Um, Tekla's like, all right, we don't need you anymore tonight. The Malade no longer needs you. Um, and you see this like quick little shot of like outside there. It kind of it's it's Coruscant like here in this area of Scipio. I thought it was interesting. Like we are so accustomed to seeing any kind of like city shot being Coruscant. Yeah. I thought it was cool actually being on a different planet, but being in a big city. Yeah. Like seeing traffic outside. Yeah. And like that type of thing. Yep. So there's a lot of air traffic going around. So, I mean, you're on a balcony. You're not free from the air traffic because there's a lot of air traffic. So you see this like speeder pull up just under Padme's balcony and Rush Clovis is in that speeder. He hops up. Onto the balcony and sneaks into her room. What a fucking creep. <laughs> I hate Rush Clovis. I know, he's the worst. He sucks. Um, I don't think I hate him as much as somebody else that we're going to talk about a little bit later yeah. on. But he sucks. Um, Tekla's like, look out, my lady. You know, and like Padme just pulls out the blaster and puts it right Tekla up to his face. Tekla out Rush immediately. Tekla rules. <laughs> um, Clovis is like, hey, I need your help. It's not safe to talk in here. Come out to the balcony with me. I half expect him to just like take his pants off. Like <laughs> what we know about him is not good. He's very handsy and creepy. Yeah. Um when they go out into the balcony, they're being watched by Enbo and this like probe droid. Um and we're gonna get our next clip. This is Padme and Clovis talking on the balcony. The simple fact is the economics of this war are not adding up. You're here for a bank transfer, but I can assure you, there is no money in the bank. That's absurd. They were ready to give me the funds today. Oh, they will give you your first installment, yes. But they're robbing one side to save the other. <laughs> he does the a magic banking <laughs> plan is on the verge of collapse. Collapse? Where's the evidence? Fucking David Copper. In the vault. The accounts are sealed there, and no one is allowed to see them besides the core five. Convenient. So that's a shot of uh, Enbo and the probe droid monitoring things. Well, now that you're here, you must put pressure on them. And do what exactly? Help me gain access to the vault. 
You're insane to think I would ever trust you. Good point. I'm sorry, but I cannot help you. And they start taking fire. That's Enbo. Take your hands off He helps her and she's like, get the fuck off I've risked everything to tell you this. Don't you see they're trying to kill me because of what I know? He takes off in Please a speeder after me. this here. Our past must count for something. I can't stay here. Think about what I ask. Okay. I love how they're just getting shot at, and he's like, can't you see they're trying to kill me? He's literally, like, standing on the balcony at yeah. this point. And it's like, dude, you're like a free shot right now. You are not the target here. He's the one that was trying to coax Padme out to the balcony. Yeah. It's kind of sus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's not the fucking target. Padme is the target of Embo. He's clearly targeting. We already heard the fucking probe droid say, Amidola. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Um, we get a quick shot here of Tekla talking with some Scipio authorities. Padme hollows in to Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, hey, I know it sucks, but I think you should probably work with Clovis. You know, if, if they really don't have the money here, he might be of some assistance to us here. Trust so. an old friend. Got to trust an old friend. Um, so uh, we get to the Council of Five back in their big chambers there. Padme comes in. And now the Council of Five chambers, like, they are, like, behind a wall, and they're being, like, projected. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. A little bit, yeah. There's, like, five of them surrounding in this big, like, room, this big assembly room. Um, so Padme comes in. She's like, okay, I'll accept Clovis as the negotiator for the transaction as long as I can enter the vault and accompany the funds that I'm receiving throughout the process. The council's like, oh, that's, that's not happening. Nobody goes in the vault. And um, Clo Clovis is like, well, in light of last night's assassination attempt, I think transparency would be a good thing. And he vouches for her. Um, so the council, it didn't really take that long but of pushing other, back. Like, oh God, I was I had to rewind this like twice to figure out the plan. So like Clovis is telling Padme there's no money in the vault. Yeah. Like the banking clan is broke. They're just pretending that they have money. So she's trying to go into the vault in order to access files that would say that they don't have money. Yeah. Is, am I following correctly? Yeah. So it's like a ledger. It's just, it's kind of like signing into your bank account. Right. It tells you like you have $2,000 there. Now that's a guarantee from that bank that if you want to go grab that 2000, you can It'll go be grab there. that 2000. Right. Okay. Yes. But it's not actually there. But the thing is the vault doesn't actually hold anything but files. That's what I, that's what I was wondering. So basically what we're saying is the Clone Wars invented cryptocurrency. <laughs> so basically it's like <clears throat> the way that I'm picturing the vault is it is a because the entire Internet is just a series of mainframe computer computers that you're accessing remotely. Yeah. And there's data banks all over the world. Yes. This is a centralized data bank that you can only access within this vault. That's yeah. the way that I am picturing it. This is like the original files of your money. Yeah. Yeah. This is the original hard drive that holds your money. Because that's this like is the server that you, holds your money. You can't access this server from outside the vault. No. Okay. Yeah. 
I guess. That's But also, they're told that it's a loan. I wrote down Is it a loan or are they making a withdrawal? I wrote down this plan sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was so convoluted and boring. And also, why are they broke? Yeah. You think they would be making money hand over fist right now with like high interest? Like we talked about there was a whole fucking arc about them trying to take out another loan for fucking war to to like fuel the war machine there was this like whole like debate in the senate yeah and it's like the banking how the fuck do they go broke yeah you could be like yeah we'll give you that fucking two million credit loan at 20 percent interest yep how are they broke yeah i don't get it yeah and what are they spending their money on fucking brill cream like, also also the they're getting that from the republic but also the separatists. The separatists yeah. have been borrowing money to pay for droids. Yes. And they have, as we know from Geonosis, they got a guy there who is like in good with the separatists and is obviously like selling them on anything. The Brankin clan. Remember right. That guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are they broke? My only theory is that they are, I'm assuming they are overextending themselves because. They know that as soon as the war ends, these two entities are going to have to pay out the ass in order to repay their loans. Maybe, like, right before the war broke out, they invested heavily in, like, luxury apartments in Christophsis. <laughs> <laughs> they could never fill them. So now they're just sitting on these crystal towers. <laughs> they're just getting knocked down yeah. by the war effort. I don't know. I don't get, I don't understand the economics behind this how they're actually broke no it's the same like it i had the similar thought because when you go back and you actually see the council of five in their like chambers there's like stock tickers and shit all over the place yeah and it's just like it is a harsh reminder of how our own economic system is just all fucking Bullshit. built on theory yeah and, like nothing is real yeah nothing's real yeah nothing is real my student loan and now my mortgage have switched owners multiple times mm -hmm. and i have no fucking idea who owns my yeah. debt like the people whatever. that own your debts will just like sell them to other companies and they're allowed to like cut it up into like smaller portions and like divvy it up amongst other people yeah my student loans got a new servicer my loan i've been a i've been a homeowner for a while now and i've had multiple different servicers like yeah i'll just get a letter in the mail one day be like yeah we sold your mortgage to this company now yep. you got to talk to them and it's like i like going to your website my password is saved <laughs> like what the fuck it's nuts yeah it's wild wacky stuff so, um, yeah, so the uh, council agrees eventually, like, yeah, you can, yeah, okay, you can come in, come here first thing in the morning, come to bank in the first thing in the morning, we'll get you in there, we'll get you in. <laughs> so, um, Clovis is like, hey, why don't you come to my personal residence in the mountains? <laughs> Just... That doesn't sound romantic at all. No. So, you bring, Clovis brings Padme and Tekla to his personal residence. Uh, to go over the plans for when she goes into this banking vault. Um, he's got, like, this really detailed schematic of the vault. <laughs> it's awesome. He's got a little, like, fake Padme. Yeah, so this is a hollow through. that pops up. Yeah, and he has, like, a Padme that's, like, the, like, alpha build of, like, a new video game where it's, like... <laughs> Yeah, I've just started to lay out the level design, and the characters don't have arms. Like, and they just... <laughs> <laughs> just, like, slowly, like, hovering down the hallway. It's 
very interesting stuff. Um, so the plan is once Padme goes in there, Clovis is going to go to like this power source, this like power plant, power grid area of Scipio, and he's going to detonate a charge, going to knock out the main power. So at that point, the vault will go into like automatic lockdown mode, and there's going to be a window before the generator, the backup generator, kicks in. During that time, Padme is apparently supposed to download the files from the mainframe, and this will be their proof that there is no money in these accounts. I don't understand how a backup generator in this planet, which is like doing business with the entire galaxy and is like the hub of finance, the backup generator is going to take... (laughs) Time to kick in? Dude, you go to a fucking target. If the power gets knocked out, the backup generator immediately kicks in. Yeah, they got to keep that lunch meat cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know all about the meats. Um, But I was just like, oh, how? And also, if you have no power, how do you download a file from a fucking computer? Yeah, it's nuts. Like, do they have their own backup, the backup generator for the computer? There's a tiny AAA inside of that thumb drive that Padme puts in there. Yeah, they have a CR2032, like, LED, like, button battery that they got. But, yeah, so that's the plan. Knock out the power before the generator kicks in. Download the files from the mainframe. And he gives her, like, this chip that she's supposed to insert... The whole thing is bonkers. Yeah. Like, the, like, when you just get into the Vault 2, it's, like, massive. It's like the Jedi Archives, and it's like, oh, all the Republic stuff is stored right there. <laughs> that was this the, one little area. That was the thing. There are, like, maintenance workers inside the Vault, like, pushing buttons and, like, yeah. on, like, cherry pickers and yeah. stuff. And it's I was not like, like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Yeah, it's and it's not like it's just, like, a desktop at the end of a hallway. Like, that's where you gotta go. Yeah. No, it's, like, this massive fucking area. And she's never been in there before. Good luck finding it. But <laughs> it's so wild, man. This episode is fucking nuts. Um, yeah, but it gives her this like chip that she's supposed to insert into the mainframe to get these files. And in and the, it's like the chip is like the first ever USB dongle. In the, in the vault itself, it just looks like there's like energy flowing around and it's yellow, which I'm assuming is supposed to represent like gold, but it there's no physical like money or anything in there. Yeah, and also it, yeah, it's nuts. And but the chip that he gives her, it's it's like a big USB. Yeah, it is. It's like a big fat USB dongle. Um, so once they get that info, he's like, it'll expose the real criminals who are behind this war. And she's like, I don't know. I've called out this bullshit so many times. Nothing ever happens. Like, yeah, she really has. Um, and he's like, truth is not on the battlefield. It's like, oh, God, dude. shut the <laughs> fuck up, Rush Corvus. <laughs> Padme, after he says this, Padme's like, I'm going to bed. And Rush just, like, sits there by the fire, like, dejected. <laughs> he thought he was getting laid. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? What does this guy think? What does this guy think? Yeah, I know. You know, I've read the books by E.K. Johnson, the Padme, uh, like, oh, Queen's yeah, Peril. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they never had, like, this, like, whirlwind romance. Like, it was implied in Senate Spy. It yeah. was, like, they like, they went on a date. <laughs> you know, like, she never was, like, like, Rush was always kind of off-putting to her a little bit. And, like, she always had a bad feeling. But it was not like she was, like, full-on, full-blown romance with him. I that was the odd. thing that, like... I, 
I always assumed that they had some kind of a long-term relationship that, like, they were engaged for a certain period of time or something like that. But no. No. Not at all. No, he was just a guy that was, like, really horny for her and, like, annoyed her kind of. Yeah. Oh. This, this is a wild episode, man. It's wild. But yeah, I just found it really funny that he's, like, sitting there on the couch, like, just dejected. <laughs> I was like, oh, now's my chance. Like, well, he, okay. well, he brought her to her ski lodge, <laughs> so he was hoping that something would go down. Yeah, his ski lodge is very remote. It really is. Like, he's living large on Scipio. It's a nice place. I don't even know. Yeah, hey, actually, you know what? Credit to him for actually, like, doing something about this, I guess. Yeah. Because he's got no motivation to do anything that's going to, you know, fuck with his shit here. Like, he's living large on his ski lodge. He's got an open concept. I think he just loves Padme more than he loves the money and the fortune and the fame. That must be. Rush Clovis. Okay. So, um, we get to the Council of Five in the morning, and they open up the vault. And now, to open up the vault, there's like five green orbs on this giant blast door wall. And so, each Council of Five member, who, by the way, all look exactly the same. Yeah, they're identical. They're identical. They all put their hands up to it, and once they all touch it, it opens the blast doors into the vault. Now, okay, so that's a good security measure, but it's like, what if one of them... <laughs> what if one of them was, like, fucking incinerated in, like, a in an airspeeder crash? Yeah. How are you going to get that fucking thing open? Is there any, like, way around it? I'm or you could just kill them and put their hands up to it. I'm sure there's safeguards in place. There's got to be. I don't know though. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't have a backup generator that immediately <laughs> kicks in. These people suck at their job. <laughs> um yeah, so uh after they all go in there, Clovis is like, All right, I gotta head out because he's supposed to go blow up the power generator. And Maklon, Makla, what's his name? Mak Makter? Uh Makli. Makplane. Mockplane, as Clovis is like, Yeah, I'm headed out. He's like, Where are you going? He's like, This was all your idea to let her in there anyways. He's like, I think I want you to stay here and see this out. It does seem kind of suspicious that, like, the second Padme is in the vault, Rush is like, all right, well, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. So Rush is, tries to head out. He gets stopped by Mach Plane. Um, so we see him slip Tekla, who's there, the uh, charge, this charge that's supposed to overload the power grid. Tekla plays the working class hero once more. Yep. So we get Tekla heading over to this power center. Uh, where she conveniently, like, she just happened to be watching, like, the plan of everything in that previous scene at the ski lodge, and then she's like, I'm going to bed now. Um, but, yeah, so she has a good idea about what needs to be done here. She's so, a quick learner. Yeah, Tekla is a fuck. She's sharp. She's sharp. Um, so, yeah, she heads to this power center, this big power building. I don't know. We'll call it a power plant, I guess. Plants the charge and hits the button, and then she starts to head out. She's got to get out of there. It's about to explode. But as she's about to start walking, all of a sudden, we notice that Enbo has been watching her. And we see this red dot. So he's got this, like, sight that he's, like, trying to tag on her. And sure enough, he ends up getting it on her chest and shooting her. And Tekla dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking horse shit. I think it's, it's ridiculous. Like, this is just a snuff. Like, it's like, Tekla didn't need to die to complete this story. No. You could have done this in many other ways. You're just killing a character for the sake of killing a character. 
Well, I read something in the continuity part of this episode's Wikipedia page, and it said that, like, originally Tekla was meant to survive the Clone Wars, like, marry some writer and, like, live out her days peacefully. But, like, this episode happened and they were like, yeah, screw it, just have Embo kill her. Well, in the previous episode we met Tekla, it's also implied that she has children. Yeah. And a husband already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now, you may be saying, well, Padme's hands are trained to be like kind of like her, uh, you know, in the Queen's books, the Queen's Peril, Queen's Hope, all these ones. They, uh, Queen's Shadow. Which one's the new one coming out? Queen's Peril, I think. Anyways, th- her handmaidens are all trained to be like her duplicates and like her bodyguards and this and like they're they're highly trained individuals like but tecla tecla is not one of those tecla is not her you know her body double no she did not sign up for any of this and she's going above and beyond here to go do this for fucking clovis and padme this is this should not be expected of her she's putting herself at great risk here she is a working class hero absolute It's depressing as hell, man. It's, it really is. It's really sad. Um, so, yeah, uh, there goes Tekla. Um, I'm down to Avar Chris now. Um, the Duchess is gone. Ventress is gone. Morta's daughter. She was gone before she even joined the Polycule. And now Tekla. Um, so I'm going to play something for you that I played once I adopted Tekla into the Polycule. It's about a minute and a half long. It's going to be a reprieve here. After that, we'll come back and we'll finish up this episode. But I want to play it. I think it's important to play it. And I think Adam's having issues with his eyes right now. So we'll let him get some eye drops in there while we play this for you. Hey Tekla, it's Tom, and I know we just met, and I've talked a lot about Ventress, I've talked a lot about the Duchess, but when you walked into my life in pursuit of peace, everything changed. As I saw the Duchess sitting back there in the Galactic Senate, and she didn't even say hi to me, I was shocked. But then I thought about it for a moment, and... It didn't really matter, because I have you, and I don't need anything special out of life. I don't need money, I don't need power, I don't need fame. I just need failing AMC stock and your love. So thank you for coming into my life. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. To the one true queen, Tekla. Love, Tom. Okay, the thing that I find hilarious about Tekla is I'm assuming she answered, like, a ZipRecruiter ad or, like, she posted her resume on Indeed in Naboo as, like, an executive assistant. Yeah. Like, you're going to be fetching, like, drinks, taking care of the queen, that type of thing. You're this senator's kind of gopher where you're going and grabbing coffee. And now she's, like, participating in intergalactic espionage. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that is fucking crazy. Yeah. Poor Tecla. Poor Tecla. I hate it. 
<laughs> I hate it so much. It's so ridiculous, man. Whatever. Uh, you know, I sure know how to pick them. <laughs> so, she did successfully detonate the charge. She did. And we get a bunch of chaos at the vault because the power generator's got to kick in. Um, so, the moons are not doing good at walking in the dark. The Council of Five. You see one guy like, ooh. <laughs> He's, like, sticking his arms out, you know, like, feeling around. Well, their eyes are so close together. They, yeah. They don't have good depth perception. Yeah, and uh, but you see Padme, who just comfortably sneaks over and downloads the files into the uh, first USB dongle that was ever <laughs> created. Very smoothly. Like, Padme, oh, yeah. it's like she practiced this a thousand times. No issues whatsoever. Um, so, after this, um, Padme, they all kind of get out of there. They... Sl- it's it's like the blast doors it's, are half open and they kind of yeah they fucking like jimmy their way out of there. I thought it would have been so funny if <laughs> like they were able to get through, but Padme's head gets stuck yeah. because it's round yeah. instead of flat like theirs. Yep. So um, our next clip is going to be the fallout of this, and also we get back to uh, Padme's room. And we have a little more fallout there, too. So there's two clips and one here. Uh, Stream them together. It's not too long, though. About a minute. Where is the senator? We got separated in the darkness. I'm here. No thanks to your security system. This isn't a vault. It's a tomb. What is going on? My deepest apology, Senator. It seems I'm witness to many firsts on Scipio. Is this an unfortunate incident or a cover-up? I... I'm not sure what you mean. I'm afraid I'm going to have to report on your sad state of affairs to the Chancellor. Mm. Let's see if you got what we needed. So they plug it in here, and it looks like, yep, everything's reading zeros. <laughs> Those are the numbers going to zero. <laughs> As I said, the vaults are empty. The Chancellor must see this immediately. Senator Amidala, you are under arrest for espionage. No, there's been some kind of mistake. Take her away. Okay, so they arrest Padme, take her into custody here. I have powerful friends. The Chancellor will hear about this. And she pulls the Reese Witherspoon getting pulled over. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who I am? (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) I don't remember what I was going to say. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you asked where Tickle is? Yeah. No How kidding. long has it been? It's been hours probably Yeah. at this point. Yeah. We've got no mention of Tekla here. No. None. Not even a... She walks in and it's like, where the fuck is Tekla? You would think that would be something that they're getting to. Like, you think they would have at least dropped the line and had me be like, I'm really worried about Tekla. She hasn't returned yeah. yet. This and that. Um, and also, apparently, like, despite they don't have a backup generator that works, but they also have able to figure out that, like, Padme is guilty of espionage or I'm something. I'm assuming they found Tekla's body at the generator. That might and be it. was like, okay, yeah. well, oh, this. I mean, either that or their Norton antivirus is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody was downloading a file here. It wasn't me. Um, so Padme is taken into custody and she is put in probably the nicest prison cell I have ever seen. Yeah. She has like an L. She's got like a full fucking like couch to lay on in here. It's immaculate. It is immaculate. It's like it's just like um, they're it's like nicer than a lot of apartments in New York, <laughs> yes. you know, um, 
But who comes to save the day for Padme? She's stuck here now. She's being charged with espionage. What the hell is Padme going to do? She's in the neutral zone. She does have powerful friends, and that's going to be our next clip here. <laughs> well, well, well. What exactly is going on here? Annie, I'm so glad to see you. Ah, There's going to be a lot to discuss after this clip, by the way. Fighting wars after all. How long have I been in here? A few days. They say Tekla is dead. Is it true? Yes. She was found shot at the bombsite. By who? They don't know. The Munes say she sabotaged the power grid. What exactly is going on? Okay. Just want you to take note of that. That's all they say about Tekla. Yep. She has no fucking concern for her whatsoever after this. Is it true what they said about Tekla? Is she dead? Yes. Found The Moons found her at the... And then, then we're right on with this. So just throwing moving that on. out there. Just moving on. Here. You have to get me out of here. Clovis is... Clovis? What exactly does Clovis have to do with this? <laughs> I, yeah. I can't explain it here. How could you ever put your trust in a man like Clovis after what he did? It's for the Republic, Anakin. Something is very wrong with the banks. Why is it that when Clovis is around, your excuse is always that you're doing it for the Republic? Anakin, please. You know, maybe I'll just leave you here. <laughs> Annie. <laughs> I've already been released into my custody. You better come with me before I change my mind. Anakin, please trust me. I can't leave without the files Clovis and I took from the vault. Where exactly do you suggest we look? The discs may be outside the city at Clovis's private residence. <laughs> Fine. I'll do this for you, not for Clovis. R2, have the ship ready in case I need you. So R2 is waiting at the Jedi, uh, the Jedi shuttle. Anakin is such a petty bitch. Jesus Christ. It's just, it was so funny in this episode. He goes from being like jovial and like, kind of like, uh -huh. wow. I'm, look at look at what you got into this what time. What you got into gotta this save time. Save the day to just like, he hears Rush Clovis and is immediately like, I'm going to fucking leave you here. <laughs> <laughs> this is his it's, wife. It's crazy. It's his wife. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to fucking leave you here. It is insane. You even look at another person. <laughs> Jesus. This is a horribly toxic relationship. Oh, yeah. This is a bad relationship. <laughs> Sorry to get goat tall on you there, but it's bad. Um, also, again, I stopped it, but is it true what they say about Tekla? Yeah, they found her at the whatever, the bomb site. All right, moving on. Um, you got to help me out. Oh, dude, these two deserve each other. I am so annoyed with both of them in this scene. I would not be surprised if Padme had a dead man switch like installed in Tekla. So the second it didn't detect a heartbeat, a posting just went up on ZipRecruiter yes! for another handmaiden. Like, that's how little she seems to care. Yeah, and it, we go back to when we met Tekla, and she, like, talks about how she's, like, overworked and yes! underpaid. Yes! And all of that to sacrifice herself 
for this dying republic. And Padme seemed to take that to heart because she gave that speech in front of the entire Senate. She gave the Teclamino speech. That's not the one I wanted. Teclamino. 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 It seemed to have an effect on her for maybe a day, and then it was just right back to business as usual. Yeah. Like, these are, like, the insufferable libs that, like, claim to care and then conveniently forget all of their positive messaging oh, yeah. when it yep. comes to do anything. Yep. Oh, she sucks. Yeah. I was livid. Pad- Padme is the type of senator that will post a black fist on or a, bla- a black fist on Juneteenth. Yeah, but then won't do anything in terms of legislation. Yeah, she puts on like the African scarf and takes a <laughs> knee for nine minutes when the cameras are around, and then does nothing yeah. about any kind of reform. Like, ugh, and. I think they made Anakin suck so much in this scene, so we just kind of overlook how much Padme sucks in yeah. this scene. Yeah. And, you know, as for as strong a person as Padme is and all this shit, it's like she is, like, quivering at Anakin being upset with her. That was another crazy part. Like, what the fuck? She's, like, shaking, like, I didn't... You just trust me, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, begging for this this monster to respect her That's in the, the least. The only thing that I can think of is she's fucking terrified of him He's scared. that's the only logical explanation no it's literally like there needs to be somebody's like padme if you're in trouble blink twice yeah because holy shit yeah this whole scene toxic as fuck on so many levels that's just me just thinking about how there's people out there that stan <laughs> this couple the entire twitter accounts built around this couple <laughs> good lord holy shit that was wild padme should have gone yeah. to obi-wan a long time ago wow yeah weird wild wacky stuff <laughs> okay so they take a skiff to clovis's residence the enbo probe falls this probe oh yeah everywhere yeah. man this is one of the best probes we've seen. <laughs> he is It's efficient. a little ball probe. It looks like a baseball. It's like one of those chico Only yeah, they yeah. get cut off of like the door and they float around yeah, places. Yeah. Um, they get to Clovis's place. They park. They go in. The place is a mess. It's been torn up. It's just a mess. And she's like, wow, it looks like there was a, a struggle here or something. And Anakin's like, one can hope. Like He's really hoping that Clovis... <laughs> is dead anakin hopes clovis is dead <laughs> anakin's best case scenario is they walk in and clovis is hanging from a rope in the middle of his living room this is <laughs> and you might say you know he's clearly an overly jealous guy that's a, seems like something an overly jealous guy might say but you're also you got to take into account that this overly jealous guy is supposed to be a jedi knight <laughs> Also, he Clovis is potentially holding evidence that shows that the banking clan is involved part, in like financial of crimes of like of just of unheard of proportions. Yes, and all of that goes by the wayside because Rush Padme Clovis. had a fling with him a decade ago. They held hands when Anakin was twelve. <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck? It's so infuriating. <laughs> Mind you, he's supposed to be a Jedi Knight. Yep. 
um, which he politely reminds Rush Clovis of in just a moment when Rush Clovis comes out from hiding from somewhere. I don't know how he survived this. I This is an arc. I'm assuming Rush is up to no good. But then also, uh, did they just leave? Did the, did whoever ransack his yeah. place just leave? Or was he cowering in that corner for like hours? Yeah, just pissing himself <laughs> until Padme shows up. And he's like, Padme, I knew you'd come. So that's going to be our final clip of the episode. This is going to be Rush, Padme, and Anakin. And now you do know that if you go back to Senate Spy, Rush met Anakin. Yes. Anakin was pretending to be a pilot for Padme when they went to Cato Nemoidia to talk with the Trade Federation. Turns out Rush and the Trade Federation were in cahoots with Poggle the Lesser. Yep. It's a whole thing. Rush was a clearly a traitor to the fucking Republic. But here's our next clip. Anakin, if you remember, playing the pilot, he wore that stupid helmet that we liked so much. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Padme. Padme. I knew you'd come. He, like, grabs her, and she's like, you. You again? Yes, me again. All right, lover boy, where's the disc? <laughs> I'm not about to hand over the information to some pilot. I'm a Jedi Knight who can save your life. I'm pausing it there, because like I said, he's supposed to be a Jedi Knight. What do you think Rush Clovis is like, this guy's a fucking Jedi? <laughs> Padme. Uh, I knew it. you'd come. Disc. I'm not about to hand over the information to some pilot. I'm a Jedi Knight who can save your life if you hand over the files. So, what's save it your gonna life. be? You're gonna give us the disc? What? So you can leave me stranded like last time? Well, that depends on how well behaved you are. Can you both stop bickering so we can get out of here? Oh, This is nauseating. Yeah. This is days of our lives nauseating. Also... Padme has got she's she's a sophisticated senator. She has got to be so fucking embarrassed that she's like, I'm trying to expose a scandal and I'm having to deal with this horseshit. She's her husband is a 16 year old boy. <laughs> like, that's how a 16 year old acts. <laughs> like, this is a guy who very clearly is in his first relationship has no idea about trust, anything like... He's a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. It's nuts. Yep. It's weird, wild, <laughs> wacky stuff. So, right after that, Enbo obviously followed him there with his probe. All of a sudden, he takes a shot. Anakin saves Clovis, just kind of pushes him down to the side. Um, Anakin, like, senses it, like, right before he shoots and saves everybody. Uh, they retreat to the skiff. Enbo's dog gives chase. Um... They end up getting on the skiff, and Embo takes out an engine. So the skiff is no longer flying. It becomes a bobsled. <laughs> yes, it does. And so the skiff crashes to the ground, and they're on a mountainous hill. So it's just on this mountain, so they're just, like, sliding down this mountain. It's a snowy mountain. Yep. Now, we've seen Embo use his hat before. Um, he's got, like, the Raiden-looking hat. That thing he, is versatile. Yes. He uses it as a sled. A snowboard. Yeah, like a snowboard slash sled. It is. It reminds me of Clark Griswold's sled in... Um, yeah, it's a saucer. Christmas. It's a saucer, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's exactly like in Breath of the Wild. I forget the button combo. But in Breath of the Wild, you can do something where you like hit a button and then you use your shield Yeah, as you like can a jump snowboard. on the shield and you can slide around. It's exactly that. Yeah. Um. So it ends up turning into a cool chase. Enbo on his snowboard sled thing... 
and a bobsled, which is a skiff that no longer has functioning engines. Yep. So, and that's where, so I had texted you and I was like, do you have a song picked out for this? And you did. Are we going to do cool runnings? No, I was going to do, it's, <laughs> it's tricky because of, uh, SSX. Oh, okay. tricky. Yeah. The, the smash hit snowboarding game for Dreamcast. Yeah. They should make a Clone Wars like sledding game. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun. Did I'd you play, play SSX? A little bit. It was great. It was a fun one. Yeah. Um, there was also 1080 snowboarding on the yep. 64, if you remember that one. Yep, I remember that one. Um, yeah, I was. you know, you could do like the cool runnings, like the feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, <laughs> look out now, it's bobsled time! <laughs> or the Sanka song, what is Sanka? You know Sanka, he's like the comedic yeah, yeah, yeah. relief of the, we are a Jamaican bobsled team. Okay, um, but yeah, so they're, they're, Enbo's chasing them on this skiff, like down this mountain, and like literally like it splits into a track. It turns into a bobsled track, and it goes two ways, and they, like, take separate ways. Embo ends up getting in front of him. He's been shooting at it this whole time. Anakin's deflecting. It's another one of those action scenes that I'm going to get into. It's pretty cool. Um, ultimately, though, Anakin just, like, does this massive force push and just chucks Embo, and you go, <laughs> He flies, like, a couple hundred yards, and I was hoping you were going to pull his yell because it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was good. Um <laughs> Did Padme get shot in, like, the shoulder? Yeah, it seemed like she got shot or, and like... she's like, I'm okay. A, there was a ricochet or something? Something hit her. And, like, Clovis was, like, caressing her. Yeah. And as Anakin's, like, deflecting shots. Because Anakin had to, like, take over the yeah. wheel or whatever. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> um. So, they he force pushes Embo. Embo goes flying. Up, and, um... Then they're coming up to, like, the end of their track here, but the end of the track is, like, just this cliff. And so Anakin's, like, paging for R2, like, R2, come to my location right away, right away. R2 flies the shuttle over, of course. R2 saves the day, as well, always. it seemed like R2 was already there. Yeah, R2 was in... He, he was playing the... Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah, yeah. He, he knows, knows what's up. up. Yeah, so he gets there. Um, They fly off the cliff, and they all just land on the Jedi cruiser. Or not cruiser, excuse me. The Jedi shuttle. They board it and take off. Now, Anakin does like a big force jump onto it and just lands nimbly. Rush and Padme, like, Rush is holding onto her. And they just, like, get flung like 100 yards <laughs> onto this. And then they land on the hard side of this Jedi shuttle. How they survive this, I don't know. Yeah. If anything, I thought they would be immediately knocked unconscious and slip off the side of this into the cavern, <laughs> and Anakin would just let Rush fall, you know? Um, but, so they get on the shuttle, you see him taken off, they escape. We get over to Embo Quip, Quick, his dog is very cool and helpful in retrieving his Raiden hat. Mirok. Mirok. Brings him over the hat, like, good doggy. Um, and Embo hauls into his... You know, his employer, whoever paid him for this. And it's Palpatine, of course, as Sidious. And he says, it appears that your mission has been successful. And I'm like, huh? Like, what? Like, did you just want him to, like, shoot around Padme and scare her? I don't understand what the actual mission was. Unless maybe Clovis is in with Sidious on this. I don't know. And now they've got Clovis in good. I don't, I don't know. But he says... It appears that your mission has been successful, and I will now deal with them myself. And that's the end of the episode. So, what does IMDb give an old friend? IMDb is giving an old friend a 
two. So a noticeable dip. Yes. Because we were in the eights yeah, we throughout were... the entire last couple of arcs. In the nines in the Ahsoka arc. Yeah. I did not love this episode. No. Um, I think Scipio is kind of a cool planet to yeah. see. And I think the snow, the the bobsled chase. Yeah. Sled and chase at the end was kind of cool. Embo's a cool character. He I is. like seeing I him. fucking hate him now, but he's a cool character. Yeah. How did he not know that that was not Padme? Well, I don't know. Maybe he... Maybe his target wasn't Padme. Maybe I'm thinking of it as like his target was to frame Padme for something. Yes. They just want it to look like Padme is up to no good. Yeah. So she doesn't have any kind of maybe a pull when it comes to this information. Right. But then I don't know. But then they must have known Rush Clovis was going to say something to her. It, the whole thing. I don't know. We got to learn more. Yeah. But um. Yeah, we lost Tekla, which was not cool. Tekla Mina, Tekla Mina, Tekla Mina, Tekla Mina. Tekla Mina. And just the reaction of Padme, like this person that's been like doting on her and like helping her and like clearly like had dedicated themselves to her, sacrificed themselves for something that was way beyond their pay grade, what they're being paid for here. Yeah. Just, and just like, just doesn't even think about it for half a second. Like, is it true what they said about her? She dead? Yeah, she's dead. Oh, okay. Anyways, we gotta we gotta figure this. It's yep. like, how could you not even like reflect for a moment? It was disgusting. Yeah. This episode kind of stunk. <laughs> Wasn't great. I think I gave Senate Spy like a 1.5 yeah, or I something. Think so. It was a really bad episode. We're not even flirting with that here. But I'm gonna go ahead and give this a five. Five. I did not love it. I was thinking a six earlier, but the more I talked it out, it just dropped. It just was a turd. Yep. Not that great. What do you got? Very similarly, I went with six oh. for all the same reasons. It was just. Yeah. It was. I was bored. It wasn't that great. There were tons of times where I was like, "Did I miss something?" And I had to like rewind to like try to figure stuff out. Yeah. It's never a good sign. But it did get a little lift because, like, granted, he killed your love. But I like Embo in that snowboard scene was kind of cool. He is a cool character. It did give us a lot to look at. It, yeah. gave, it, it did build a little bit more on lore with yeah. the Munes and the banking clan. And yeah. Now, when we go back to Delaney, uh, Bounty Hunters episode. Yep. Embo was in that episode. And he teamed up with Anakin a lot in yeah. that episode. So I'm... I wonder if we'll get any kind of reflection from Anakin, like, oh, I know him. I've I've seen him before and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because Anakin definitely knew who Embo was. Well, and they may be at a place, too. There's where... a scene in that when Embo appears to get hurt and, and Anakin's like, Embo, and like yeah. runs over to try to help him during the fight with the pirates. It, they may be at a point where it's like, this is just comes with the territory of dealing with bounty hunters. Yeah, I don't know. But Anakin seemed to like him in the, that episode, from what I can remember. I don't fucking know. I don't care. <laughs> Always look on the light side of life. Duck shit. This episode sucked ass. Okay. Uh, light side moment of the episode. I'm going to go with the uh, the old uh, bobsled uh, sled chase. Yeah. It was mine, good. It mine was entertaining. Too. Mine too. I it with... was really on the nose. Like, it must have been the Winter Olympics when they animated this episode. <laughs> we would do like a bobsled thing. <laughs> it's literally like this carved out bobsled course. It's hilarious. Just It, it looks it, fun as hell. I went specifically with Embo using his hat as a snowboard. I yeah. thought that was fucking awesome. Do you think he greased that thing up with some WWE 40 oh, before yeah. that? Yeah. 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 He went flying down yeah. the hill. 
Put a little balm on there. But it was, a cool, it was a cool scene. He was shooting icicles above to try to like take him out. Oh, it was like it was something you'd see in like a video game. Yeah, where you were playing either Embo or the bobsled, no. trying to avoid stuff. It looked fun. Yeah, I was like, I kind of want to like take a tube down that thing. Yeah, it would be great. If you ever, if you, if you're from one of the warmer climates, um, and we have some warmer climate listeners, yeah. I probably have never gone tubing or sledding. It is fun. Oh, it is a time. <laughs> it is fucking wild. <laughs> oh, we got some hills. We got some fun hills. Yeah. We should go tubing. That would be a good clone cast field trip. Go down to Buck Hill in Burnsville. You would fly down that hill, man. They got jumps and shit. That was another thing. Like I, I remember in eighth grade, I went on a like field trip to Afton Alps and went skiing for the first time, uh, like downhill skiing. Yeah. I... I loved it so much, but skiing is expensive. It so is very I, expensive. I knew I could like never go to my parents and ask for skis. Yeah. I think I did it one other time, yeah. and I was like, this is so great. I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always wanted to like go back. See, I'm a big... I like sledding. If I'm going down a hill, I want to go down a tube. Oh, I think a good, well-inflated tube, there's nothing better, man. You get the ones with like the where they put like the uh, the handles on the side. And yeah, you can yeah. fucking fly, man. Yeah. That shit is fun. Yep. Oh, I'm not so mad about the weather right now. Plus, you go to the hills. They got a tow rope that brings you up the hill. Yeah, so you, you don't got to walk. That's fun too. You just sit on your thing and just bring you. It just pulls you up. I mean, I skiing's all right. I didn't love skiing. I didn't love snowboarding. I think I got a concussion the one time I went snowboarding. <laughs> Skiing is easier for me than snowboarding, but I still wasn't like going black diamond. Yeah, maybe like, just pizza and French fry. Yep, you know pizza, French fry. Well, that was. The, I think the first time I went skiing, they talked about like, because I've seen skiing in like countless movies, and I was yeah. like, "Where are my poles?" And they were like, <laughs> "You don't get poles. You do the pizza." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And they were like, "You bring your skis to a V, and yeah. it stops you. You don't need poles." I was like, what the shit is this? Yeah, so I thought that was kind of lame. But then well, the s- when you first go skiing, though, they put you on the bunny hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you then the second time hill, I yeah. went, I got the poles, and I was like, hey, hey. this is kind of fun. Yeah, but if you get two, like, it, it's dangerous when you get in those more dangerous courses. Oh, yeah, I think the second time I went, my friend Spencer shattered his arm. Because <laughs> he, he, like, it was, like, the last run of the night, and he, like, skied into a fence. And we're like, what the fuck happened to Spencer? And we all were getting on the bus to go back to school and Spencer wasn't on the bus. We we're like, all right, well, what, what the hell happened? And then like the next day at school, they're like, oh yeah, Spencer like needed to put plates and pins <laughs> in his arm. Uh, <laughs> such a Spencer moment. That's such a Spencer thing to do. When I went snowboarding though, like I, I was, I thought I was getting the hang of it. And I was like, oh, I got it. And I was going down one of the smaller hills, but I was like, yeah, I was doing it. And then something happened. Like a guy flew by me and I got distracted for a second planted right on my ass and my head fell back yeah. and smoked the fucking ground i had a helmet if i didn't have a helmet on that was probably like it would have been awful but yeah i don't remember much for like a couple minutes after that so i think it was a concussion okay yeah we're gonna have to do a man i've had a few concussions oh i don't think i've had one really yeah Ooh. Eh. i've avoided a lot of physical activity though yeah, there so. you go <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, that was your light side. So we're both in agreement, though. Bobsled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we are a Jamaican bobsled team. Something, something. Sanka. All right. <laughs> if you only knew the power of the dark side. Alrighty. A dark side moment of the episode. I'd be fuck. Come on. Tecla me now. Tecla me now. Tecla me now. Tecla me now. I'm not even going to say anything more about it. It was insulting that they killed off tech like this. 
You only used her twice as a character, and every time she's a fucking home run hitter. Yeah. And you just kill her off. Yep. Just completely undeserved death. Like, a, a, a character that there was some real stuff that you could build off of there. Just very helpful. It's very intuitive. Sad. It's very sad. So that's mine. Lost opportunity. The death of Tekla is my dark side moment of the episode. What's yours? I went with just Anakin being a complete jealous tool. Yeah, like good too. it was over the top. Just yeah. at the mention of Clovis, just him like to the point where they they you heard the Imperial March kind of like embed and come up. Yeah, once Clovis's name was mentioned. It's kind of like, so if you've ever been to like a bonfire where it's starting to burn out for the night and you just got a little bit of fire left and there's just not much going on there, Anakin is like constantly like running like that. And then on just a moment's notice, it's like somebody ran out with like a cup of gasoline and just <laughs> dumped it on the fire. And next thing you know, he's just, Oosh. it's nuts. Like Anakin is just, he is a time bomb, man. Yeah. It's just. Constant. But also if you ever cross paths with like a like certain friends or whatever will become that jealous D- to the point where it's like completely unwarranted. It just gets so fucking annoying where you're to the point where like, it's you got nothing to worry about. Like what's going on? Why are you this insecure? Yeah. I don't know. I just, he's a 16 year old kid. Yeah, he really is. There's like healthy jealousy, I think. Um, and then there's unhealthy and I don't think he's got much healthy going no. on. No, no. All right, so that was interesting. Thank you, Rex. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to get it up. Chee-butter! Mandate. Mandate. Get it on. Mandate. Get it on. Okay. Dark Horse Hero of the episode. Um, God, God, you know what? Fuck it. I'm breaking rules. Uh Uh-oh. Dark Horse Hero of the episode is R2-D2. Uh-oh. I'm breaking rules. I don't care. (laughs) I'm in mourning. I'm in mourning, so I'm breaking rules. R2, saving the day once again. Where would they be without R2-D2? He's just right on his job. You can keep him for All-Star. But I'm breaking the rules, baby. I'm breaking the rules. Who do you got? I went with Tekla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The working class hero. Yeah. Of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Just without any mention of it, just knows her place, takes the little explosive device, goes and places it. She's amazing. Gets shot. Yeah. For $12 an hour. Yeah. Unceremoniously. But at least she got to see the galaxy, I guess. That is true. Yeah. She leaves behind a husband and three children. (laughs) And one horribly upset boyfriend. (laughs) Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. All right. All-star of the episode. I broke the rules. Normally, this goes to R2-D2, and he did do some things in this episode that would be worthy of the all-star of the week, as he always does. But I'm breaking rules because I'm in mourning, and I miss Tekla. Yep. And I I knew it was coming. I just... God, man. God! It sucked. It sucked. She went out with a fizzle. A real fizzle. Yeah. But she lived like a bang. Yeah. She was a firework. Yep. And I will remember her 
forever. We will honor her. I will. I'm going to start a Tekla Memorial Park in fucking Coruscant. <laughs> she deserved better than Padme. Yeah, she did. You know, she and, and really I did. I know it's um not too many people rag on Padme, and I think we have from time to time in the show. And I honestly think it's for good reason it seems she seems very out of touch well i feel like people rag on her for the wrong reasons such as i don't know they just will come up with an excuse when uh just an excuse to hate her but in this it's very well warranted yeah i think anything we've ever said negative about padme i think we've been very fair in our analysis of her yeah but like anytime we really shit on her it's for reasons like this she seems aloof like she's supposed to be this like altruistic senator and like the 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 heir to the python of the senate and it just feels like she out of touch with somebody that's right there all the time tekla? like tekla that first tekla episode i was like what the fuck she's like yeah i work all the time and my husband and kids never see me this and that but i believe in you and for no reason it's like padme give her some time off pay her more Tekla would have done better being the handmaiden to Senator Binks. Like, <laughs> yeah. She really would have. Imagine asking Jar Jar for a raise. Jar Jar would have treated Tekla wonderfully. Yeah. You could go up to Jar Jar and be like, hey, Jar Jar, I'm um, I'm not really doing that well with like bills and stuff. Uh, I need to make more money. Be like, Yusa gets a raise. You know, and it would, <laughs> you wouldn't have to ask it. Tekla is just like delicately puts like how she believes in Padme this and that because she feels like she's good for like her and this and that and like she cares about her and it's like Padme just goes and gives a speech like yeah we're not gonna produce more weapons but I don't know what the fuck she ever did for Tekla yeah what'd you ever do for Tekla yeah nothing so Tekla's my all-star <laughs> she gave her five more PTO days yeah a year you know what take a couple days to yourself and a three percent raise yeah it doesn't even beat inflation no <laughs> no anyway my all-star is r2 yeah as as usual just saving the day anakin says like hey find our position already there that's yeah. what you want that's what you want r2 is just right on the money yep r2 fucking rules yep he does cool beeps in this episode yes too. He, he does, does all, like, all right i beg your pardon but what do you mean naked my parts are showing my goodness. Okay, good hood. We're out on Scipio. Who's looking spectacular on Scipio? Who was looking hot? Okay. Uh, I'm giving it to Tecla. <laughs> Uh, she doesn't wear anything flashy, but she has some, she wears like some uh, tights, some like yoga pants. Yeah. And she has like the cool, I don't know, like the, she's got the nice like trendy boots, I guess. Um, and, oh, she looks hot in those yoga pants. She's got some nice legs. She's got a good shape. Oh, she is a toasty treat. Oh, I would not feel the chill of Scipio if Tecla was in the room. So I'm giving it to Tecla for looking hot. Who do you got? I'm going with uh, Embo's probe droid. Okay. Yeah, it was just different enough. It was the size of a baseball, but then it yeah. popped open and it went in a couple of different shapes. And it had a big-ass antenna to it. Yeah, it did have a cool antenna. It was very unique. 
And it was very effective. It was very effective. <laughs> just literally just sneaks into all these places. Nobody noticed it once. That might be the best probe droid we've ever seen. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, we've got, that's two weeks in a row with really strong, two episodes in a row with really strong probe droids. Yeah. We had the one probe droid last episode that followed fives around. Yeah. It did not allow fives to thrive. It was also, that one in particular was smaller than like Darth Maul's probe droids on yeah. Tatooine, but larger than Embo's. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Yeah. It's very unique. All right. That's your good hood. Do we have any who are you or anything? Uh, no. No. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Yoda. Thank you, Chewbacca. What do we got for a tagline on this one? For this episode, we have, to love is to trust. To trust is to believe. Okay. What did I say? You know, I think you were depressed at this point because all you said is, we're going to get some jealous Anakin. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Okay. So. What's the tagline on And we one? did. Yeah, so we you, did. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what it was referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to the next one. So, next episode. Next so, episode. That, that tagline confirms that they don't actually love each other. It's just this toxic, Pretty awful much. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do we uh, got? Next episode, we have Jealousy is the Path to Chaos. Oh, my God. <laughs> More Jealous Anakin shit. I mean, I, I don't even need to elaborate. I'm Where do you think it's going to go from here, though? Now that Tekla's gone, now that the three of them are on a show I together. think Rush Clovis is doing bidding for the Separatists and Sidious. Okay. Tyrannus. I'll tell you what. Here's a bold prediction. We get Dooku on a hollow. There's your bold fucking All prediction. Right. There you go. Yeah. Okay. He's going to check in with Dooku. That's my bold prediction. Well, what's the next episode? Next episode's title is The Rise of Clovis. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Season six, episode six. This sucks. Okay. <laughs> All right, Adam, where can the listeners reach us? Send us an email. We are at clonecastpod at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at clonecastpod. Uh, reach out if you want to join the Discord. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on on there. Yeah. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be wonderful for us. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Nah, I'm annoyed. All right. Well, goodbye, Tekla. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time for The Rise of Clovis. Until then, may the left-handed Congolese laborer be with you. The tragedy of Crispin's day. Tekla me now. Tekla me now. Tekla me now. Tekla me now. You in the moonlight With your sleepy eyes you ever love a man like me? Absolutely. And you were right when I walked into.